You know, I say it all the time. Life's not what you know, but who you know, and even sometimes when you know them. About 25, maybe 26, 27 years ago, I don't want to date myself too much, uh, there was a mentor of, of Stacy and I's who had a son that was close to our age, and 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 we knew him. He's but he spent most of his his time with his his nose in the in the in the books. We were kind of going through life and getting kind of beat up a little bit, and uh, we were always we we're always kind of watching this other guy over here, and he was working on his education, and he spent that time getting not one but two PhDs. And and it's again, it's not who you know, but when you know him, that information that he spent all that time getting, learning about the central bank's economics and how the world works financially is so beneficial today. And that benefit runs off to you as well as part of Flyover Family. Double PhD, Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Hey, David, we're, oh, we're flying solo again. Yes. And whenever, whenever Stacy's not there, it's, uh, well, who knows what's going to be said? You have no idea. We're at, might be, at, just might get out of control. <laughs> as, as out of, as out of control as you can get talking to somebody with two PhDs, one in, uh, uh, uh economics and the other one in, uh, theology, which is an incredible two lens view of, uh, to look at things that are going on today, because it's so crazy that if if you don't have some actual real knowledge of what's going on, you could be fearful because the world's spinning crazy. And then if you don't also have like a God lens of, man, there's a bunch of drunk drivers that have the steering wheel of the levers of, of the world right now. And there there has to be a, hey, what's God doing as well? And like you operate in that duality all the time. And that's why I love talking about um, money with you so much because you want to get fear off the table when you're talking about money. And a lot of people are, are approaching this in a fearful state. Well, a lot, almost all. I mean, yeah. it's not an exaggeration, like 99% of everybody that calls me is gripped and paralyzed by fear. And what we know about fear is it either causes you to not act, you know, cause you put your head in the sand right. and just hope that the storm blows over and you're still there when it goes away, or it causes you to make the wrong decision. Fear does a lot of bad things and none of them are good, but we weren't created with a spirit of fear. We're created with a sound mind and with wisdom and discernment and intelligence that God gave us to understand these things that, that we're living in and through, right? So we can then act accordingly. So, so, you know, those two PhDs, you know, kind of like, how do those things actually blend and marry into, into one cohesive unit, right? Well, well, here's, we, we have multiple freedoms, right, David? We have our personal freedoms, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our, our health freedoms, religious freedoms, right? All of them. Well, here's the thing. If we lose one, we lose all. So there's all these puzzle pieces that put together, right? So, so let's just, you know, say how that would work, right? If we lose our political freedoms, you know, let's say we go from a, a democratic republic to communism, right? Um, What do you lose? You lose your personal freedoms. You lose your religious freedoms, all of that. If you lose your religious freedoms, there's no way you're going to have good politics or a good economy, right? right? Because every good thing comes from God. If you lose your health freedoms, well, now you've lost your personal freedoms. See, everything is interconnected, right? But the one thing that we don't have to lose is our freedoms are eroding all around us, which we can change that, but it takes a collective voice, right? It's, yeah. it's like all of us need to to wake up and to rise up, like your slogan says, and, and actually speak out to change politics. But individually, it's hard to do, but individually we can change our finances because it's a choice. It's an action. 
And in light of all of these trends, all of these puzzle pieces, right, that we're looking at, that's an easy one to do because it's just our decision and our decision. Yeah. You know, we were in uh, Mannheim, Pennsylvania this weekend for the Reawaken America event, you know, with Eric Trump and Mike Lindell and, and you know, a whole cast of characters. Uh, thousands of people. I don't know how many, seven or 8,000. I don't know how many people were there, but we had a, held, a, held a meet and greet on Friday night of that. And there was almost 2,000 people that attended the meet and greet. You know, General Flynn was the first one there, the last one to leave to shaking hands with people. And and uh, we're going to be doing this again in Branson, Missouri, coming up here, not this coming weekend, but the next one. I think it's the 4th and 5th of November. But we just bring that up. Is, yeah, Eric Trump, he, he got to hang out with us for a few minutes, kind of bless that brother a little bit, uh, get his mind right. Um we had a, a, a great time there, but at the meet and greet and different things, the number one people, the thing that people kind of grab my arm and pull me to the side and they kind of will do it quite like, hey, I just want to thank you for connecting us with Dr. Doctor. And uh, and it's like they they just have this like, whew, like relaxed feeling of what they're doing. So I want to hit the economic update this week, but I want to give you kind of a pat on the back because that is the number one thing I get pulled to the side for. You know, I guess with money, people don't want to be like, you know, hey, I'm, yeah, this is for you. <laughs> You know, I get their, their finances that will like broadcast this out or something like that. But they're like, you know, hey, thank you for connecting us with Dr. Doctor. So I, I just wanted to, you know, share that with you. And, and we get into this economic update. I know you got a couple of things to hit. and We got some clips we're going to show. But um, we can look into this storm that's going on around us and, and, and be more like Jesus on the boat where he was taking a nap in it. The disciples are freaking out. He was able to have peace inside the storm. Sometimes you pray you want the storm to go away. Sometimes the storm in you just goes away and you can can weather it. And that's kind of where we're at right now. So thank you for the peace that you bring to this and allowing people to make make slow, very sober decisions when it comes to their finances and advising them. So if you want to know how to connect with this team, go to flyovergold.com and uh, uh, you can fill out a form on there and be able to connect. Um, he has an incredible team. Everybody that's a part of Dr. Kirk's team is amazing and uh, been vetted and, and uh, is, is much more friends and family, you know, at, at this point than anything else. So go to flyovergold.com and fill out the information there and set up a consultation. It's completely free. See if there's a good way for you to move an IRA or cash or, you know, maybe sell a motorcycle, turn it into silver, something to get out of, of fake money. But let's talk about why people want to get out of fake money and what's going on in the economy. Well, okay. The economy's not doing so hot. You know, we talked about last week how inflation continues to persist, mm -hmm. that it hasn't gone down, it keeps going up. It's like officially at 8.3%. But when you strip out everything except for food, food's up 11.5%, right? It's like, oh my word. But then you add the, the multiplier on that. That's what I did my dissertation on to get the true level of inflation. We're hovering at around 24 to 25% um, core CPI, everything across the board. But when you take 11 and a half, multiply it times 2.8 for the food inflation, we're, we're hovering at well over, oh, probably 30, 40% range. I mean, it's, it's insane. Um, Man. And there's, and there's no, there's no stopping it, right? Except <laughs> you can actually um, not have it be so impactful on your life by investing into tangible assets like gold and silver. Cause on our last show, that, that we did when we were in actually Pennsylvania, we talked about gold as natural money, right? How the price mm -hmm. of oil and gas hasn't changed in 40 years. If you were to pay, use it, pay, you know, use gold to pay for it. Right. Right. I mean, that's incredible because I was in California not too long ago. Gas was $7 at the pump. Yeah. Seven. 
It's like, right? It's like, and so people would say, oh my word, prices, gas prices have more than doubled since Biden took office. It's like, yes, they have. However, in terms of gold, gold is going up and and oil prices, gas prices are going up, but they're going up. It, it hasn't gone up in price in terms of gold, right? So this is proof in the pudding that that gold is a perfect and silver. I'm either one. I'm using that that term interchangeably here. Yeah. Um, they are perfect inflationary hedges. So when I'm talking so much about gold and, you know, measuring it against that, why don't I talk about gold, right? It's, well, because silver's outperforming it. It's right. doing better, right? So when they're equally as safe, they're both inflationary hedges, you go into the one that's outperforming because it, it does better. So how bad is the economy getting that we need to protect ourselves with with silver and so forth? Well, let's watch this video clip. Um from Ken Rogoff. Uh, he was former former economist at the Federal Reserve, um, now with the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. But hear what he has to say about what's coming. Former chief economist at the IRF, uh, IMF. And somebody, Ken, you and I had long, extensive conversations in 2008 and 2009 about sovereign debt, about Greece, about our Fed back then. So good to chat with you again, I think. Uh, do you see the problems in the UK, maybe Italy, and I hate to even reference Greece again, as as solved, or could there be more pain to come? Well, I think what's going on in the UK, we may see in many other pockets of the global economy, which is that people just thought interest rates would not go up this fast, and they you know, sold interest rate risk and took chances that they shouldn't have a lot like in 2008 when people thought home prices couldn't go down. I think in the case of Italy, I would draw a distinction where I think it is a problem, but it's really not just the speed. But I believe that at the end of this cycle, whenever it is, it could be three years from now, the interest rate is not going to come down as much as you think. I think we're going to be looking at real interest rates and forward-looking inflation-adjusted interest rates that look more like in the early 2000s than we got used to before the pandemic. Yeah, and that's I, uh, very challenging for Europe because they're, you know, as long as it's a free lunch, they can promise anything. Yeah, and, and I'm going to be perfectly transparent and honest with our viewers. I mean, I probably have a bias toward the negative because. I lived through 2000. I lived through 2007, 08, 09, watching people throw Molotov cocktails into banks in Syntagma Square in Greece. So I've seen sort of how these things become political crises. We've had a little bit of stabilization the last couple of days, but I worry about the next six to 12 months, Ken. I mean, is it overstating it to say we could have more sovereign issues? Is that even is that possible? Well, it's certainly possible uh, we're, you know, in some emerging markets. I think the real issue to me is that the central banks keep saying we have to bring get inflation back to two or two and a half percent ASAP. And if we don't, inflation expectations are going to go up and that's terrible. But and we'll have a worse recession five years from now. When you talk about political, I think having a deep recession now would be very destabilizing around the world. And by the way, 
good luck not having inflation expectations go up in the long run. Look at somebody in the UK. They had 10% inflation reported today. The IMF's predicting almost 10% next year. Are you uh-huh. seriously telling me that's not going to get built into interest rates for a long time? You know, uh, Dr. Kirk, a lot of people will say, I, I don't like CNBC. I don't watch those guys. And I don't care about the IMF. They're a bunch of deep state, you know, globalists, whatever. This isn't about like who you align with politically. It's about being aware of people who are are in a position in a, a, a you know, a global, you know, way like the, like the International Monetary Fund. It's like, what are those guys saying? And that's, man, they're they're predicting things, you know, not getting better. Well, that's why I listen to them. It doesn't mean that I agree with them, right? But if they're the decision makers, the policy makers that are actually making the policy that right. all of us all over the globe have to live in, you you need to know what they're saying, which is why I actually listen to them. That's how we absolutely. It doesn't mean you want to get marriage advice from them or or you know base your theology on one of these guys or something else. But that you, you have to be getting information outside of your echo chamber. And I think sometimes conservatives. Uh, when it comes to finances, they they miss some of those messages because they're just in their space. Yeah. So so Ken Rogoff said a couple of very important things there. Number one is is after inflation kind of dies down, um, interest rates are not going to go down. We've got a new normal, right? So this is what he's talking about. And what we've seen over the last 10, 15 years is not normal with these artificially held low rates, cheap money caused real estate to boom, right? But the average interest rate, you know, for for the decades is 7%. 7% is the average. Hmm. So the fact that we're down at like 1% is not normal, right? That's what they use <laughs> to stimulate the economy after 9-11. And it just kind of stayed there. They kept coming down and down and down. And they, they needed consumers to spend money to actually try to stimulate the economy because all of those presidents, um, whether it was Bush or Obama or Clinton, um, they were globalist presidents, they were consumerist presidents, and they were exporting jobs by by buying cheap stuff from China, Malaysia, Indonesia, wherever, mm-hmm. right? And that tricked the American consumer into thinking our economy is okay because we bought all this cheap junk from everywhere all over the world and it made us happy because the fact that they were right. printing money like there's no tomorrow to fund every stimulus program, entitlement welfare program under the sun, raise the debt ceiling, that causes inflation. But they were actually buying stuff at cheaper prices from other countries, right? So so now we've got this debt bubble because of all that money that was printed. And once this, this inflation kind of starts to die down, it'll be years, I think. Um, and interest rates aren't going to come down to these artificially low levels ever again because it is very destabilizing. And Ken Rogoff said that that a, a recession, a deep recession, is going to be very destabilizing to the global economy. Okay, so let's then look at this next headline the, article the, from the president of J.P. Morgan Chase. Okay, because he says a, a recession may be the price that we all have to pay to beat inflation. So Rogoff says it's going to be destabilizing. This guy says this is what we need. What does that tell us? They don't know how to fix what they broke. Which, right? which, which he says that very subtly. That's kind of like, hey, in order you know, in order to save your life, we're going to have to take your leg, you know, kind of thing. It's one of those like, hey, this is going to be really bad, but, you know, in order to survive, this is what we're going to have to do. He's not, he's not negating what Ken Rogoff said, he's just saying, hey, that may be the price to pay for actually to survive is to, is to go through that kind of destabilization and a setback. 
Yeah. And so so there's numerous ways that they can actually beat inflation. Talking about the Fed, they can stop stimulus money. Mm, they're not going to do that. They can jack up rates to the to the moon to actually slow down borrowing and slow down spending. That would actually kill the economy. They In an election year, nobody really wants to do that. But that is what's needed. Right. So if they don't want to do either one of those, what is what is the president of, of Chase saying? And, and what is kind of Rogoff sort of saying that there's probably going to be a deep recession, even though it's destabilizing, is this, that they don't want people to know that their policies cause this mess. Mm. So therefore, they just stand back and don't do anything and just let the markets correct and go into a deep recession on their own. Well, then you can blame it on the markets, right? And and somehow get the, the arrows that are pointing all at them for their stupid, insane policies for decades. Um, that, that actually caused this. So, so I think that is the ultimate outcome. We will go into recession, a deep recession to actually get inflation to go away. Because look, David, they've, they've raised rates five months in a row in an effort to slow down inflation. How much has it slowed down? It hasn't. Not at all. <laughs> it's not working. Right. So this is why we're starting to. And for most people, their, their, their IRA, their retirement, their savings are all tied into those markets. Yeah, it's awful. So here's where there is a solution. Yeah, is it where, where where's the hope? Yeah, what, the, what can the, we do? The hope is in your actions determine your outcomes. Right? There's consequences to our actions, good and bad. So stock markets poised for massive failure. Real estate's poised to come down with as, as rates rise. Um, bond market will be toast as rates rise because that's the mechanics of the bond market. So what's left? Well, gold and silver, tangible assets, perfect inflationary hedge. Remember how we started off the show, how how the gold in terms of, of gas and oil hasn't price of oil and gas hasn't gone up in 40 years when when compared to using gold to pay for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is how we protect ourselves in an inflationary world. First and foremost, look at gold and silver, or primarily silver. Right. We're going into silver because it's outperforming as asset protection. It's your insurance policy against a collapsing dollar. It's maintained its purchasing power. But better than that, we have massive growth too. And like we talked about, the scary thing that we talked about that you and I have talked about now for a year, um, about supplies running out of silver, ultimately they will run out. We talked about this in Pennsylvania on the show mm -hmm. that we recorded there, how depository um, inventories of thousand ounce bars, I've never seen it this low. In fact, they, they, we have very limited supply Normally, the, the weight range on a 1,000-ounce bar is like 920 to 1,080. We're at like 920 to 951 is all that's left, right? And and just our firm, just our firm, granted, Man. we're a big firm. We gobbled up all of it and then some, everything that they had in one day, right? So, 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 so you guys don't know when you buy silver, obviously, you're kind of familiar with, with coins. That's what you, you know, you see this kind of thing where it's, you know, it's minted and it's pressed and it's got like a logo on it and so forth. There's a one ounce it, you know, uh, it's good for an exchange, you know, because it's if you got some thousand ounce bar. It's kind of tough, but you also get them in, in 10 ounce, 100 ounce. And then, you know, when you say a thousand ounce are usually not thousand. Like you said, it's 920, 970, 9180. It's like a loaf of bread, you know, looking, you know, chunk of metal. But it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's not like when you go and uh, you look at your bank balance and the money's not really there. You know, it's like just numbers that they put onto the app to show what what 
what you've given them and, and, and what they say that you have. If everybody went to the bank tomorrow and took out $500, it's probably over. You know, I don't know. They don't have pallets of cash in the back room for everybody to, to empty their bank account and turn it into something. And so if this is a real, it's a real thing. Don't hurt your teeth, David. Well, and also, no, but you, you probably don't want this either. It's got my germs on it, but it's all good. I'm going to hang on to it. This is my, my long-term investment. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. But, you know, so seriously, listen to what David is saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Um, inventories are diminishing at COMEX with deliverable inventory. Um, that's always the precursor to rising prices. Low supply, high demand, prices goes up. That's economics 101. We get to take advantage of that because we're speaking the truth and we're letting you know um, kind of what's going on behind the scenes. So I encourage everybody to act. And I do realize this one thing, it's a huge leap of faith, right? You're going to say, well, I don't know, Dr. Kirk. I mean, I, I, I trust right. David and Steve. I've been watching on TV and a lot of your viewers don't know you either, right? They're watching you on TV taking the endorsement that you give to us because you trust me. That's a huge leap of faith when we don't have that person to person mm -hmm. contact, right? I get it. But here's the thing. Once we talk, we, this is experienced like a hundred percent of the time we start to see that fear and anxiety melt away. Right. And we can hear a smile over the phone as people finally realize I've got somebody of like mind that shares similar political worldview, religious worldview, that thinks like I do, that's yep. not listening to mainstream media narrative, and I'm safe, right? That's our goal is to help And it, it's not a, a timeshare pitch kind of conversation. It's multiple conversations of feeding you information and say, what is the best in your situation? And if you just have a, a small amount of cash, you say, this is my savings, this is what you know I've got here. Every day, it's worth a little bit less if it's in U.S. dollars. And so even transferring over a small amount, or if you have an IRA, you have whatever, you're in a better situation. Our family, our parents, nieces, nephews, literally almost everybody I know is, is has worked with you, and they all love the process. And you go through it once, you're like, oh, maybe I'll do a little more next month. And you kind of just chop away at putting yourself in a better situation and protecting yourself from Biden inflation. Um uh, you guys go to flyovergold.com. You can also give uh, Dr. Kirk a phone call um, and and talk to them that way. Whichever way works best for you, you can call 720-605-3900. Call them today. Set it up because you got to get in the queue. It does take uh, you know a, a little bit of time to get that uh, appointment and to get the ball rolling. So call today, 720-605-3900, or just go to flyovergold.com. You fill out your information there. There's also some PDFs you can download, some videos that you can watch, and uh, kind of start getting yourself educated on a way to protect yourself again from the dark drivers that are that are running the economy right now. Dr. Kirk, thank you for taking the time to be a part of, of this show and uh, for just for being our friend and, and uh, for, for walking us through this. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill and you had one ounce of gold, you could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, wow. belts, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? It wouldn't, you couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you. Even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family 
are using, and he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar. With elections coming up in a couple of weeks, we have our own election insider that gives us news of what's going on across the country and what we can do to make a difference in our own elections. Welcome to the show, Matt Meck. Yay! Good morning. Welcome. Hey, there's nothing like the smell of brains in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> a little, little twist on the classic line. That but is le- for sure. There is stuff happening everywhere. It's like the elections yes. are crazy. You know, every weekend I think we're somewhere different. It's amazing. The signs out everywhere for everybody, and and uh, um, the tone is changing a little bit as far as messaging on on both sides. And uh, I'm excited to kind of break some of that down with you today because people need to kind of be ahead of the the messaging in the news cycle a little bit. Yeah, it, you, you you can sense it. I mean, even even. Mark Kelly in Arizona. Oh, yeah, the people of Arizona are upset with Biden's border policy. Well, no kidding. <laughs> really? Are you kidding? Now we're just saying that? And on a lot of these, we heard there's a lot of Democrats that are like, we've always been the party of law enforcement and, and rule of law. Right. And and we're the we're the pro, you know, like, yeah, the, you know, or or the, you know, we were. We're the party of, of freedom and not not locking down and, you know, this kind of stuff. And we never said that the vaccine was 100 percent going to protect from transmissions like what? you could be playing clips of them saying the opposite, you yeah. know, right behind them. But when it comes time to get in the vote, they want to make sure. OK, make sure you don't associate me with anybody crazy. And remember the, the, the book 1984, um, the ultimate controller power is when Big Brother, the government can convince you that what you are seeing with your own eyes isn't real. Yeah, okay, that's exactly right. And you sent us some really interesting articles this week. We want to talk about them. Let's, let's first start with this global extremism, the top eight election groups to watch. Talk, let's talk about that. Oh, yeah. Well, Amer- the America First SOS group is in there. TAP is in there. True the Vote is in there. Uh, you can see it there. Uh, Colton's, uh, the Tea Party Patriots is in there. Wow. Uh, this, is a, this is a bunch of financiers using this as a front organization to attack these groups and it's despicable and um you know be, being intimately involved with the america first sos and accfei mm-hmm. nothing could be further from the truth and i think somebody that you all know steve hertzberg who was mm-hmm. is a dear friend and probably the the preeminent person i'd say right now in our country on election science um you know started uh, uh, vote watch and election science institute back in the early 2000 through 2011 uh, that triggered him so much you know he said hey i have met these candidates i have met these people behind there they want transparent fair understandable elections that people can have confidence in and how dare you use the term election denier mm-hmm. to conjure up members of the holocaust with holocaust denier he says i'm done. i'm not going to stand for it this right. is this is going too far and even clint curtis you know, at the last Albuquerque forum, we'll talk about him later in the show. He said, my God, the history is rich. The Democrats early on, they were concerned with election integrity and they did a lot of the digging. They're the ones who started finding issues. And, and mm-hmm. Steve will, will confirm that. And he goes now and the Republicans are like, no, 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 no. Now that Republicans are concerned about it, Democrats are calling you election deniers. He goes, this is insane. Let's work together. 
Man, well, well, well first th- those of all, are you, the best of that. The best is I was looking at were, that were, list. Were you offended? Your name was it was it personally on the list? <laughs> You're like, where's where's my recognition? Where's my props? No, because no, I, you know? I I I am just the uh, uh, the chief bottle wash officer. The the candidates are everything. What? And all, all of these candidates. Truly, they don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, or yeah. polka dot. They nope. just want to make sure your vote counts the way you cast. That's right. But well, words words matter. I want to start doing a section on this this show in the future of, of just a word a week. Mm-hmm. And what is like what did it originally mean in older paper dictionaries? Because they're changing them on Wikipedia. They're changing definitions mm-hmm. on Webster's on the digital versions all the time. But words matter. When you use a word like denier, they intentionally use that when it came to. Uh, elections now, yep. but prior to that, they used it when it came to the environment. You know, you're you're a climate change denier mm-hmm. because that word carried so much weight. Because prior to environment, it had only been associated with Holocaust. Mm-hmm. You're a Holocaust denier, yeah. and, it, and it had a a, a dirty, yep. heavy weight to it. And they're trying to, by association, put there while there's still clips of Hillary Clinton last week talking about. Uh, stolen elections, and that this that that Republicans are, are are blatantly out front trying to steal this next election. Hillary Clinton had that clip last week. That's crazy, but that's cool. Yeah, okay, Matt, you had talked on you talked about touched on Clint Curtis. Let's go ahead and bring him up next. Then um, let's talk about you know what's going on with him. If somebody doesn't know who Clint Curtis is, fill us in on that, and then what's up with him? Uh, Clint Curtis, uh, back in the early 2000s, he was a Republican. He's now a Democrat. He was a Republican, and he was working for, I think, was Yang Industries, and um, I always mispronounce the town, but Oviedo, Florida, I think. And um, Tom Feeney, who was the the Speaker of the House of Florida Republican, long story short, essentially, Clint, Clint finally determined he wanted him to create a a program that would flip votes 51-49, right, uh, in favor of Republicans. And, and you do, you know, you had 2000, you had 2004, you did a lot of 5149s. So Clint, um, a man of integrity, he, he brought this forward to, you know, folks in Florida, the AG, other officers. He's briefed in front of Congress. Uh, and he's been at several of our forums and he's now a Democrat. And he said, you, he said in Albuquerque, a very, very powerful, um, piece when he said this, he goes, you cannot outperform a programmer. You as a voter, mm-hmm. you as an election official, the programmer is always going to be ahead of you. He, so folks asked him, what, what do you do with these machines? Again, uh, Clint is now a Democrat. And he said, throw them in the ocean. Wow. Uh, go back to paper ballots, you know, same day voting, paper ballots. Everyone's watching partisan observers on the camera. So you have confidence in your election. And so he's got a he he has a steep history. Steve Hertzberg mm-hmm. has a steep history. Bev Harris and all of these folks are, have been giving us the warning lights for years that our, our election system um, is not safe. So Colton keeps showing from Frank's speech. There is um, an interview there that you can actually watch. It's called, There is Nothing That Can Be Done to Make Electronic Voting Machines Unhackable. You can't, it's, a, it's all it is is an arms race mm-hmm. to who's ahead of who. And it's it's not even so much even who does something, it's who's the last one in. It's like when the Chiefs' bills play. Who's the last one to have the ball? That's uh, where the ball is going to win. It 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 comes down. Always to, comes back to the Chiefs. It yeah. does. It's it's a it's of a it's a it's a narrow path. But it's like who's the last one in the machines? You know, and that is what happens. It's not just in the machines. There, it's everywhere in that process. We're never going to trust it when when you don't know what's going on behind the curtain. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's move on to the Politico article. Biden admin set to warn about threats to nation's election infrastructure. Now, this is fascinating. Color me shocked. Um, 
Yes. I mean, now all of a sudden, and I, this is my my commentary, my opinion, because the polls are looking bad. And if you look at some recent Reuters reporting inside the White House, they're concerned because it looks like both houses are, are, could flip to Republican. And so now mm, the elections might not be so secure. So now a narrative yeah. is being set. Ah, these 2022 midterms, we're not so sure the infrastructure is there, which is what we've been saying all along. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty hard to hack a piece of paper, right? right. Go to paper. It's, it's not impossible, but it's harder. Yeah. What was the example that they gave? Somebody gave an example of, okay, yeah, there could be cheating, you know, with somebody's filling out the the ballots, you know, and, and they're counting them then, there could be cheating. But when you do it and with a machine, it's more like like the credit card theft versus well, well, it was it, Sean, Sean Smith said that. Yes. Yeah. What was the exact saying? Do you guys remember? He was saying something. It's it's like you 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 go in and you steal you steal a, a, a some money from someone's account, but now you've got it. You got the credit card. And you're just doing credit card fraud on a massive scale. Yeah. Not, yeah. not just to 200 bucks, but to the world. Right. Moving moving a ballot here, or there is a pickpocket. That's what it was. When you're talking this scale of election fraud, it's cyber fraud, it's bank fraud, it's computer yep. fraud, which is a lot bigger than somebody's going to get bigger. standing outside the, mm -hmm. you know, Eiffel Tower picking pockets. And yep. that's why, you know, founding fathers are smart, right? Decent decentralized government, decentralized elections, right? Precinct level voting, smallest part. It's much harder. I don't care if you're public, whoever's going to cheat. If you have a decentralized system, you have to cheat a lot mm -hmm. to have an effect on the total. When you centralize it, it's a hell of a lot easier. Yep. Man, that's so true. All right, let's talk about the acting Secretary of State in Pennsylvania. Again, my, my home state, uh, it, it, it pains me. Mm. Um, but you've, what you've got is, I think the narrative is being set that, oh, you know, because of Pennsylvania laws, nothing, she said, I think in this, Lee, Lee Chapman, the acting uh, Secretary of State, doesn't mean something nefarious is going on. It's just Pennsylvania laws. It's going to take longer. Mm -hmm. Well, no. If you are the professional in charge of that, you should know these issues. You should yep. mitigate these issues and deliver for the people of your damn state. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Pennsylvania is a steaming point. hot dog turd of mess and corruption. You know, and, and each state is a little different where some of them, you know, maybe if it was like if you were auditing a business, well, they're strategically moving money around within that company and it's hard to audit their finances. Pennsylvania is more like you show up and they got like receipts falling out of shoe boxes and they're paying mm -hmm. for personal expenses with a business credit card. And it's like, ah, you know, like it's such a mess in every way. And, and it's and it's some of it is just sloppy. It's not even nefarious. It's just I mean, it's it, just it, sloppy. It, the 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 the, uh, the constitutional conventions, the Revolutionary War, Gettysburg, the Flyers winning two um, uh, Stanley Cups, the Phillies being back in the World Series. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia is steeped in history, and it's just—it's a shame that that state is having these things. And I think if, if you, I think we were talking about this as well, now they've released two hundred and fifty-five thousand ballots to unverified voters. Again, you're 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 flooding the zone with ballots that you know you've got live rounds out there, mm -hmm. and yeah. why? Yep. How, how can this? The people and and the. The legislature of Pennsylvania need to ask some very hard questions and get answers. That's exactly right. It is. It's, it's become a very, very woke city. 
mm-hmm. in, in a polarized state because you've got you got the farmers, you got Amish communities, you got a lot of doers, and then a couple of really deep, crazy blue areas. Philadelphia itself might be one of the wokiest McWokestein cities that I've been in. We were just there last weekend and spent the whole day, you know, going around to different places, Liberty Bell and Charlie's Bar mm-hmm. and you know, these places. The Liberty Bell tour walkthrough might be the most pro LGBTQ propaganda wave at every single station. Every part of the Liberty Bell tour has something about LGBTQ and and days dedicated yeah. towards fight. You know, it's like that that's the biggest thing in our right. country's history. That's the biggest thing since day one. That's our biggest issue. It's it's, it's it, there's an agenda in Philadelphia. It is definitely a, an, an occupied city mentally, you know, for sure. Let's finish up, uh, Matt. Let's talk about you have a forum coming up in Florida. When people go to ACCFEI.org, that's an acronym, ACCFEI.org, American Citizens and Candidates Forum for Election Integrity. That is a mouthful. You have an event coming up in Florida. Let's talk about that. That's this weekend. Uh, we do. This this weekend, it's at the uh, Doubletree in Orlando on, uh, I think it's 60 South Ivanhoe Boulevard. Uh, again, if you're, if you're in or near Orlando, please go, uh, go online, yeah. register. If you have to, if you're there at the event, you can register at the event. They'll just have you register uh, on this site while you're at the table. And um, great speakers, great lineup. Uh, Caroline Ryan's going to speak. Fincham's going to be there. Um, Marchant's zooming in. Christina Caramo, Professor Frank's going to be there. Anthony Sabatini uh, running for Congress is going to be there. Uh, uh, Patrick will, will be speaking as well. And I think what's critical we're going to have folks like Tamara Johnson Sheely. She ran against Warnock in a Democrat primary in Georgia. Uh, Greg Marcel Dixon ran against Clyburn in South Carolina 6 in the Democrat primary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Benny Smith, Democrat election official in Shelby County, uh, Tennessee, which is Memphis. Uh, and we're going to have Clint Curtis, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to have um, Cynthia Harris, the whistleblower that was on John Solomon's show yesterday. Democrat, 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 Democrat. Wow. We no exaggeration, have almost equal number of Democrats as Republicans, if not more. It's encouraging because the to hear. issue yeah. is not a partisan issue. Yep. The issue is elections matter and, uh, and integrity matters, whether you're black, white, red, Asian, Democrat, Republican, and you have this grassroots uniting of folks who are sick and tired of being told our elections, there's no problem, everything's safe. And all these folks have experienced firsthand election fraud, irregularity, whatever you want to call it, and they're going to speak about it. And an increasing number are uh, Latino Americans and African Americans. And that, that's, that shouldn't even matter, but it's just this counter to this nar- these narratives like the Global Extremism Org that this is, ex- no, this is Democrats and Republicans yeah. saying, we have a problem. Yep. That is so Yeah, it should, it should be about as partisan as the fire department or or yeah. anything else. It's like it, it's for the common good and for the interest of all people. That's what well, we that need was to focus on. Do you know how many times we talked about what was your party affiliation? Zero. Zero. Doesn't wow. matter. Yeah. That's wow. probably changed now as well. Let's end let's end on a, on a on a big note. You got a clip you want us to see that I think is near and dear to your heart. It is because you you, we never quit, right? For especially those of us who took an oath uh, to protect the Constitution, you never ever quit. And this harkens back to oh, early '80s in Ormond Beach, Florida, at a movie theater. So, Colton, take it away. Go, 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 go
Blaster! Blaster! Go, 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 go. Blaster, go. 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 Come on, man, go! There you go, all right! Okay, come on, man. Come on, boy. You ain't. Oh, Santa, take it home. Go on, go on. Come on, Scott. Go. Go, go, Santa, go. Come on, rookie. All right, come on. Go, go, Santa. Hit it. Hit it. Don't ever quit, boy. Not when it's for real. Big day in the Whitest family. Coming up, a new shipment in from MyPillow.com. And Reagan the Doberman got some new stuff. Ray, dog. What did you get? Wesley. What is it? Come here. Come on, check it out. Come on. Probably wouldn't be if we weren't doing construction or a studio, but it's happening. All right, this some slippers. Slippers, not for you, Reagan. What is going on? Maybe two steps so that he has slippers too. Yes. Reagan, what do we got going on in here? Sheets. sheets. These are not for you. You do not. Avery, Avery's been making orders. <laughs> Somebody got to hold my credit card. I think so. Queen, stripe, light gray. Yeah. Not for Reagan. Not for Reagan. Sorry, Ray. <laughs> More <laughs> slippers. <laughs> you guys know how much I love this. I'm even wearing my slipper. Oh, my God. All right. I think we're down I to the we nitty gritty. Oh, man. What did we get? And a little Wesley size bag. <laughs> A Reagan bed and a Wesley bed. Wesley bed. What do you think, Ray? What do you think, Wes? Ray. What so then, I think you throw them into the dryer. Dryer with fluff them up. Are you guys excited? Are you pumped? Are you fired up? Are you pumped or what? Are you pumped or what? Come here. Tell us what you think. Ben. Oh, we love you. I love you. Can you give it a howl? I love you. You see how much you like your bed? Oh. 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 Good boy. 
Today on the Flyover Conservative Podcast, we have someone we met at the Mannheim, uh, Pennsylvania Reawaken America event. Someone that's doing something very unique that she is waking up, speaking up, and showing up in her own community. And we wanted you to hear her story. Welcome to the show, Sharla Miller. Yay! Welcome. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Absolutely glad to have you on the show. I was excited to have this opportunity. I would love for you to share with the Flyover family. You moved from California to Florida, and you've done something unique to pull your community together. Share the story with us, please. Well, when um, I made the decision to leave California, which had been my home all my life, uh, with a few years in, over in Idaho, uh, I, I I sold everything. Uh, what was happening in California wasn't something that I could uh, maintain or stay. So I had an opportunity to come here to Florida. Um, I believed without any question I was led here by God. And my son was uh, at that time in Orlando. So I came out here to Florida to check it out. I ended up um, traveling all through Florida, and when I went back to Los Angeles, sold everything, and a month later, drove across country by myself wow. with whatever. I decided to keep whatever I really loved uh, in my midsize SUV. Wow. So, uh, along the drive, I had been listening to a couple of different patriots, Pam Popper's one of them. She's over in Ohio, and Dr. Christian Northrup, and they greatly influenced a lot of things, and as well as gave us a lot of support, gave, gave us listeners a lot of comfort. But Pam talked about having a Thursday night potluck. And I grew up in a, a Methodist church. Yep. Uh, my family was all, you know, in that level of community, and we had picnics and we had potlucks. And so I got that in my mind that when I got here, however it worked out and wherever I landed, got a home, got a job, that I would start having these potlucks. And I knew- I think it's an incredible idea. <laughs> well, it, well, anything that, that goes towards pulling people together, it's, it's, it's uh, across the grain, it's counter to what they've tried to do over the last few years. If they can divide people and have you alone, isolated and masked, and you think you're, you know, it creates fear when you pull people together, community, that's how we're, we're designed. We're, we're herd like creatures. You know, God made us to be in community. So pulling people together is a really empowering thing. It, I mean, it was the only thing that made any sense. Yeah. I mean, I'd heard so much, uh, you know, I drove, met a couple people and did some stops along the way to meet with friends, uh, stayed with a couple friends here and there. Um, but the only thing that made sense is number one, we all eat, right? Yep. Uh, number two, we all sometimes like to eat too much, but the bottom <laughs> line was, you know, I mean, we all love food. We're all going to eat. And I thought, let me find like-minded people and let's talk about what's going on mm -hmm. because it, at that period of time, it was early days. Um, and though this is still early days, but it was early days. And I thought, I have to sit next to people and look at them in the eye. I will not wear this mask. That completely was traumatic for me, so many people. And if we could sit down and, and break bread. Yes. That's what I grew up in. Goes along with what you've said about bringing even cultures it, together. It does. I got this idea. This is kind of a side note, but it's like this like dream I like to do maybe in the future for for flyover. And let's bring people together that would not normally uh, have, a, have an overlap. You know, it could be like maybe a... A former gang member from a big city and maybe a you know a, a Jewish background and a Muslim and 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 have them like 
eat and and they bring the food that's a, that's part of their history and come together. Now, while it's easy to identify those things, those people have in you know different from each other, there would also be a lot of overlap. You start getting past the obvious. It's very quick of like, oh, I love my daughter. You love your daughter. Oh, you want this. I want that. Like there'll be so much overlap. And there's something that's that's very personal and intimate about eating. There's a vulnerability to eating. You know, it's it's, you know, you want to be careful on a first date what you eat. You don't want anything falling out of your mouth. You know, there's there's so much about eating that's intimate and personal. And and it's it, it creates a vulnerability that brings people together. And there's all, always this the built-in subconscious level of if you don't eat, you die. You know, and so there's like, hey, we all have to do this yeah. in order to live. And so and we come said, together over that idea. You even said like bringing special dishes that are, yeah. you know, unique to them. Well, that was something when I was talking to Sharla. Sharla, you said the food is unbelievable because people are bringing, hey, this is my specialty Caesar salad. This is my incredible yep. macaroni and cheese. They're bringing their best to the public. Everybody kind of has their big haymaker. You know, like this. I'm not a great cook, but this thing here is money. You know, yeah. it's been in my family for, you know, 50 years, you know. It's, it's true. I mean, it's really true. I mean, people, the only time, and this is a true story, the only time it got to be a little dicey at one of our uh, potlucks, and this was, I mean, we just sort of have finished our rainy season. We were doing our uh, meetings out at a place called The Hollow. And I don't know if you met Vic Mallor. Um, he was up there on stage uh, with uh, General Flynn. Okay. And uh, we were in the midst of a tropical storm, which is somewhat like a hurricane at times. And the place that we were in was dripping the ceiling. <laughs> and this one woman insisted, she's like, I have to have my, my, um, what is it? My crock pot plugged in and we're like, and water was coming out of the outlets. And, you know, one of my, uh, Thomas, one of my, uh, friends and also the guy that does the tech on uh, for us said, you know, Sharla there that's, that's the hollow. And, but that's we were inside great. the cave because it was raining and somebody said, no one's going to come today. We had 72 people with rain coming through the ceiling and also through sort of the electrical outlets. And this one woman insisted that her dish be um, plugged be in. Pl plugged in. <laughs> oh, no. And that got a little dicey that day. Uh, <laughs> I just think this is such a great idea, you know, because in it, in a time where most people come home, they pull their car in the garage, they put down their garage door. A lot of people don't even know the name of their neighbors. You know, you're doing the exact opposite. And community is critical. It is critical. We have had people uh, that have found us uh, in Canada. And when they've been down here, have joined us. We have people, because we've been on some other podcasts, Jesse and I, uh, have come as far as Tampa or or Naples. And we're we're just you know, it's just breaking bread. And there is a quote in the Bible. And I remember one of my spiritual, um, I want to say sisters along this path told me that, you know, God would provide our daily bread. And I always say this to people that are, are bugged or are, you know, bent out of shape about a lot of this stuff. Cause truly I have been as well, but boy, I'll tell you, I've always had to come back to, you know, what I remember growing up in the church and God, promised us daily bread. And I said, they, he, God didn't say he would give us a five course meal. Right. And so that's, this has been a humbling experience for millions of us, billions of us around the world. But the one thing that seems to always, uh, you know, go through that divide across all barriers is to be able to smile, to be able to look into your eyes, to be able to share a plate of food, to be able to share ideas to be able to share our hearts and I our voices. It.
I totally agree. So if somebody wants to learn more about what you're doing, they can go to sarasotafreedomfriends.org, sarasotafreedomfriends.org. You have links there, you have an about us, and you also have a join us. And so they could join your newsletter if they are in your area, they can join it. But they, I was also thinking as we were talking through this, this is a great idea for people to get ideas for their own area. If someone's in Kansas or Portland, Oregon, they could sign up for your newsletter just to learn more about what you're doing and then just recreate that in their own areas. I'm just looking at your, you even have a link to JP Sears on there. You know, uh, it's laughter is a part of it. If there was an EMP tomorrow, people would still want to gather around, you know, I got some baked beans and you got some, everybody has to bring something and somebody would be telling jokes. Somebody would bring an acoustic guitar. We're still drawn to music. We would still like, like those are the things that are essential that make us unique from the animals, you know, and, 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 and like we said, the in God's image part, Mm -hmm. it's that desire to be together, to laugh, enjoy music, you know, the mathematics that go into music that we all recognize you know, chords and harmony. Yep. Like these are the things that make us great. It's not our smartphones and the satellites and, and all of these kind of things. These are the most human attributes we have and eating and community is critical. We've kind of gotten so far from that, that it's crazy that this is a good reminder right? that we need to come back together. And, you know, there's a lot of people here in flyover country, got these Baptist roots, you know, and the Corningware yeah, dishes and all that. It's like, potlucks. It, it's, <laughs> but it's, potlucks. it's more necessary now than ever. I totally agree. And there's, there's another component to this, and I know the two of you know this, uh, based on what is happening with statues being brought down and history being erased, and that being a, uh, a very um, exact scenario that they mm-hmm. are doing. One of the things that our elders know, and I know probably both of you have sat around with your grandparents or aunts or uncles or cousins or somebody that you've known an elder in your family, storytelling. Storytelling is essential to keeping us, you know, like together. Um, I love telling some stories of certain family members. And, you know, when we've gotten together, and I hate to say it this way, but when, when we've gotten together at, say, the funerals, right, of our aunt or our uncle and people sitting around with a plate of food and telling the story of my aunt that did this yep. and the laughter that comes out of it and the connection that comes out of it is really significant, especially right now. You're exactly I right. I love it. You guys, Charlotte, you're you're an inspiration. I love this. Love meeting you. This is why people need to come out to the Reawaken America events because you know you you everybody wants to see Mike Liddell or Flynn or Little Mike or you know whatever you know who your person is. But it's it's meeting each other yep. that people walk away with. So we go to SarasotaFreedomFriends.org. SarasotaFreedomFriends.org. If you're not in Sarasota, which more than likely you're not, think about how you can apply this in your area. We need 80 million people doing one thing each day to save their own country, not sitting back waiting for one person to do 80 million things to save it for us. And Shara, you're one of the the 80 million for sure. Thank you so much, Sharla. You are about to get your socks blessed off because we've got something that is probably for a lot of you an answer to a prayer you've either been praying out loud intentionally or at least in your heart on a category that people are needing a lot of hope. And I got one of the best people you're ever going to want to meet on the subject of health and wellness. Dr. So Good, Dr. Mark Sherwood. Hey, it's good to see you today. You're, you're solo, so um, I, I'm missing your other half, but it's all good, man. I'm sure you'll stand in well. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best. You know, I always love love when I'm with Stacy, but she's she's preparing for for her prophetic report right now, and so so we're kind of just kind of kind of jumping in there and making stuff happen. But I always love talking to you. We've said this a hundred times. I think we've done close to 170 some shows together, and uh, the conversations that we have before the prayer before and the tips. If you look, I got notes on my notepad already. This has been a productive show for me, whether you guys ever get, get anything out of it or not. You know, I always get 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 stuff as we're heading in. But we're talking today, you know, we, we're discussing because of observations and traveling. We're just together in, in Pennsylvania and you're in the airports and you're traveling. It's like, man, health is is a big issue, but yeah. o- obesity, and you brought that up. We're going to talk about it and you're, you're highly qualified. We got Quest for Wellness book by, you know, Dr. Dr. Mark Sherwood. But uh, Fork Your Diet, which is a clever title, it's got Dr. Mark and Michelle both on it. Dr. Michelle was the valid Victorian of our medical school. She's doing pretty good, doing pretty good. And uh, Dr. Mark, you've been a part of of health and wellness for a long time, going back to physically doing it in the athletic arena, going into the the SWAT team. You played professional baseball. You've, you've uh, you know, the power team, evangelism, you know, the, the, the whole part of the process, and eventually as a Side eventually became a doctor and said, "Hey, I'm going to actually, actually, you know, uh, uh, monetize this." But more than about anyone else that I've ever met, um, and, and more than anyone I've ever met personally, you care about people actually getting healthy, you know, and going from good to great, not checking off. Okay, I, I've treated that symptom. You treat the person the way God intended them to be treated to get them performing at their highest level. So uh, I just, I thank you for all of that and looking forward to what you got to say on, on this subject today. Well, I, I appreciate kind words and only by God's grace. Um, but as you said, I mean, I'll just always let my feelings on my shirt sleeve hang out and not going to ever apologize for that. I do care about people deeply. Um, the greatest heartbreaks I have um, in my life is seeing people in pain knowing full well I know the answer, given them the answer, and the pain that I go through is intense, David, when I see them not do it, even though they know they and agree they should. It, it's a pain that I feel probably more than they do sometimes, and uh, I will tell you, I wish I could get it out of my heart sometimes. I wish I could get it out of my mind, but I can't, and I've accepted that idea that it's a, it's, it's a gift from God to care that deeply, and my wife's the same. I mean, we have indeed yeah. lost sleep and shed tears over people, over things, over situations, um, more than I, I I would ever be able to describe. But it is true. We care. And, and I hope people that are hearing the message today when we get it, that they will not hear me at all because it's irrelevant. Um, but I hope they hear the voice of God. And I truly hope it brings true hope, true truth and true light into their lives to give them a chance to be free from this thing we call this this bondage of this world. So no matter where people live, I would say whether in Portland, Oregon or Portland, Maine, it doesn't matter. They can they you could be their doctor. We live in Kansas City. You're 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 our, our primary go-to and uh um you know I had a calf injury even recently and uh you know Dr. Michelle will still text me just random out of the blue. How are you doing? You're not doing anything yeah. dumb, are you? You know, cause she's like slow down in your recovery, make good decisions, you know, like following up, but you really really care. People just don't get that, and that's not synonymous with the medical profession, you know, any anymore. And uh, so, I've got DrSoGood.com, but basically just a way to, to to get you know a hold of them and get into their loop. They can help you with a range of things. Did happen to be ten thousand and O versus patients with COVID, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, zero deaths. I mean, 
pretty phenomenal. Uh, our whole family went through it in a wave, got got us through that. But but your primary thing really is going from good to great. Having people like most people go in with like, hey, I got this thing. But your your real focus is, hey, how can we get you completely completely healthy? And and with today's subject, I want to just lead into this because a lot of people are dealing with weight issues. Obesity is 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 a obviously a, a major issue for our country, almost probably more than any other any other country. But people are either frustrated, hopeless, maybe have given up, maybe just blatantly don't care, got other fish to fry, like somebody is smoking. They know I, I probably shouldn't do this, but you know, it's just, you know, so it's just a, an awareness, but it, they got other fish to fry at the moment. But there's also a lot of guilt and shame around this topic. And, you know, if we could even kind of lead into with, you know, cover that a little bit today, because I think a lot of people, you know, um, to say the negative voices, you may even say the enemy has kind of gotten in their head and it's become an identity and, and something that is really, you know, uh, kind of consumed them in a, in a dark way inside. I agree with you. And even today we, we've seen the terms and I'll throw them out there so people can really understand that you know, we get it. Uh, there's that term called fat shaming mm-hmm. and Hollywood has done a terrific job of doing that. And now there's a switch even to, um, in a negative way, there's fit shaming, which is also out there. Um, and unfortunately, now we have this third idea of the acceptance of over fatness as a norm. And to me, David, that's the most dangerous pathway. And it's not about shame. It's about taking care of the temple and honoring what we've been given, understanding that <clears throat> extra, you know, Adipose tissue, I'll use the same word adipose and fat synonymously, extra adipose tissue is inflammatory, does drive the immunocompromised pathways so much. And that is why that when you look back at COVID, a lot of the comorbidities we had that led to mortality were inclusive of this idea of obesity, which is, by the way, the fastest growing non-communicable disease in the history of the world and it's not okay where we're going and we need to understand that to address this is to really remedy the greatest catastrophe we could be facing because right now we are um, profiting off of that and that's not um, a Hmm. wise pathway either well profiting you know with with the food industry you know uh i've seen some documentaries and some things out there and it's like it's you know basically an addictive drug, you know, yes. the way that they've manipulated food and, and things in, into a way the ready, you know, available of high carbohydrate diets and sugars and cookies and snacks and processed foods, you know, or, or ever. So the kind of, it's an industry that they've legalized and, and profitized on the front end. And then really even the treatment on the, on the back end. That's so right. You look back at the trends and since 1985, and this, these are easily out there. So folks, if you want to go out and verify what I'm saying, you go back and look at 1985 and there was maybe one state out of the 50 that had an obesity rate, albeit by BMI over 10%. But then now it's, so we're just talking here, you know, 35-ish years ago, less than 40. But you see the trends steadily growing, and this is a better bet than on the stock market for sure. The the trends are growing uh, mightily where now, and it's been interesting too, and this is a fascinating observation, within the Bible Belt, right, mm. you have seen the obesity trends lead the way. And again, that's a whole other lesson for today. 
But you see this trend continuing where now it's predicted that by the year 2050, 100% of the United States of America <laughs> and Americans will be either overweight or obese. And we're talking a significant um, a catastrophe to our ability to be immunoresilient. So as this relates to all these biological weapons and the things we're facing, I mean, this does not bode well for our survivability. Man, it does not. You know, and I think part of that 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 Midwest, you know, thing is, you know, when we're in a, a big city, you walk a lot more. A lot of times you yep. park and they're, they're they're moving. And I think there's a little bit of a culture, you know, farming culture, you're hardworking, you know, you it's it's like a former maybe NFL player. You know, when you see a former, you know, offensive lineman or something and they're and they're really fit, you're like, wow, that's pretty impressive because they have to eat so much to get up yep. 300, 315, you know, those kind of weights, you know, for like I'm saying offensive tackle. But when you stop playing, you know, and and you're now a civilian, it's kind of tough. And I think that the, the Midwest has kind of become a little bit more like, you know, you know, civilians. If you're not farming, you're not working like you did it when you were a kid or when you were younger, or, you know, these things, you're probably not getting the steps in like you would be if you were in New York and walking around or something like that. So so sometimes it becomes more sedentary somewhere like this than it would have been, you know, if you lived in New York, Philly, you know, one of those kind of places. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, as we were talking before going live today, you know, we, we talked about the size of the stomach, you know, being uh, unique. And this is a good way to describe it. Everybody listening right now, if you're seeing this, put your hands together like I've just got them. I put my two fists together and then go ahead and separate one arm away, one hand and leave. You got one fist left. That is the size of your stomach. And so if the size of the stomach is that much, you just can kind of visibly look at that and go, OK, how much food would fit in there? Wow. And because of the speed and the stress with which we eat, know that stress impedes digestion. Stress mm. impedes digestion. That's a principle. But when you eat very fast, when you stress and when you're stressed, you can feel that fist and make it stretch sure. out to the size of a, of a beach ball very easily. And that creates in itself this um, fast uh, weight gain that's driven by high blood sugar, which is driven by the high secretion of the hormone insulin, which drives fat storage, which further drives inflammation and further exacerbates things like cancer. So it's it's a whole connected uh, idea. This is the heart, the stomach, then what's the brain? Huh, the brain is actually a little bit bigger <laughs> than the heart. It's really? Crazy. So the brain has the capability of being rewired, and that's why you mentioned that book, Fork Your Diet. The rewiring of the brain to create new pathways of habit is important. And the things that stop us from rewiring the brain are in that book. And they are this, fear, resentment, anger, unforgiveness, disappointment, and shame. When we live in those things, it causes us not to be able to think and not to be able to change anything. We get so locked into that, which makes our brain become very ineffective in its being able to change habits. So we need to be able to rethink, and it's like, you know, all this is outside the brain, it's the mind, we need to renew our mind as we're doing right now with new information. Our mind is like a, a funnel that is open to the world that goes into our brain. So if this open funnel is open to the world, it it's incumbent upon us, David, to put in good information, mm. in truthful information, in information that's inspiring and good and wholesome and productive because if we're not actively putting it in there, I guarantee the world's going to fill it in with the stuff that's negative. I'm sure everything we've said today is a good reminder for people, but this isn't there. There's not going to be anybody listening like, oh, well, losing 
losing some weight would help me, you know, whatever, you know, it's like people know that. Yeah. Um, sometimes when someone has no momentum in a category, it, it it's really hard, you know, you know, completion creates energy. You know, you, if, 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 you know, your house is a mess, it's like, all right, well, let me make my bed. Let me do one thing. That's kind of like, all right, that's the next thing. Oh, I'm going to fold some laundry. It's kind of, you know, you get momentum for, you know what, you got the second wind and you're like, oh, I'm moving furniture and stuff like that. You know, for you, it's such an ingrained habit. You've had a consistent pattern in this for life. Dr. Michelle, the same. What what do you have for people? Like, what's the next right thing someone could do if they're in a place and they're like, I have no momentum in this area. I don't have any wins in this area. When I come to a fork in the road, I, I, I you know, I don't take the right one. And I've got a habit of that. What's the next right thing someone could do to get a foothold? Now, this is going to be the best advice that we can give people right now, David, and I uh, hope the flyover family hears the heart behind this. Number one, realize this principle. You can't go back and relive yesterday. You have to let that go because yesterday is history. You can't really worry about tomorrow because we don't know what that's going to hold. Therefore, that's still a big mystery. You have to embrace today and win today and realize the gift of today. That's why it's called the present. So you start today with one victory at a time, one meal at a time, one thought at a time. I'm not worried about right now what I'm going to have at, uh, two meals away. I might be concerned a little bit about what I'm going to do right now. So you start with this one victory. Use the rearview mirror in your car as a point of reference, but don't spend your time focusing on the rearview mirror because you will crash going forward. And so my advice is just to simply take it one day at a time Cut yourself some break, a lot of break. Cut yourself some grace. It's not about what everybody thinks. Stop, breathe, embrace today, and win today. Because as you said correctly, success yields success, and victory yields victory. But you take it and get one success at a time and win that day. So the next meal you have, the next thing you do, make sure it's constructive and beneficial and is going to yield um uh, awesome advantages to this physical thing we call the temple. Man. Okay. So from, from a practical standpoint, an actionable item, um, I'm just going to throw something out because I know that it's a good win and we've had conversations about this and you've, you've, you've helped us with things, but you've, you've got an array of things that you can do to work with people. You've got programs, yeah. you've got education, you've got community groups, you've got, you know, a lot of things, but you have a product called kingdom fuel. What if yeah. people just simply, did something like, okay, for a week or a month, or I'm going to cut out soda, maybe not eat late at night and replace one meal with kingdom fuel. Cause it's not a snack. It's no. a meal. You spent a long time working on, on this formula. Is that a plan for somebody that's like, man, I don't have a lot of time. I got no wins. I've no success, but like what, what like me, like a entry place. It's to get their foot back in the pedal again is, is totally. Is that something they could do? That's where you start right there. That's a, a great um, example of, of an easy way to win. People, and I, I want people to hear this. That's a whole meal, right? That's a whole meal for under $5. It's going to give them a complete organic pea protein, full spectrum of vitamins and minerals, full spectrum of organic greens and reds, and both soluble and insoluble fiber, which is the key to keeping you, fuel, you full. 
And so you can mix up things there. Like I had mine yesterday and I put spinach in there. I put a little bit of uh, blueberries in there. I put a little bit of unsweetened almond butter and unsweetened nut milk. And that's what I've done. And so I do that as a meal every single day, at least one. And there's not a person out here. You know, people say, well, it's too expensive to eat healthy. Okay, mm. stop a moment. The average American lunch is $13 and some change. Wow. This is $5. Everybody needs to go on there right now and order. Now, you're going to see back order. Just trust me, order anyway, because we're having a hard time keeping it, and they're going to put back order, but it will ship within the next week or so. Don't worry. They will take your order. Start there. Start right there, and you will win. It comes in chocolate and vanilla to your shelf life. So just know, you know, people are are loving this stuff. Uh, As a testimony, many of the listeners know um, Clay Clark. Mm -hmm. Um, He actually used this Kingdom Fuel for a whole month. This is straight out of his mouth. He actually lost 14 pounds in a month, and you know the Energizer Bunny that he is. This is all he did. I didn't challenge him to do it. That was his decision. But he he did this Kingdom Fuel as his meal. He used avocados with it and some things like that. It was great. Talked to him just two days ago, and he has continued to do this and continues to maintain 11 pounds down. That's phenomenal. I, I I like that because it's a, it's it's a simple actionable item. And I think when people get a win, it's like, well, man, what else can I do? You know, maybe they'll yeah. they'll do a little more. But a lot of people they start, especially if 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 they're they feel like, man, I've I've got so far to go. I'm in bad shape. I got this and that. It's like, all right, I'm gonna join CrossFit. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna you know listen to Tony Robbins every morning. I'm you know whatever they got. They're and they don't make it to Tuesday, you know, of a of a of a new thing. And I, I love this because people can get a foothold and actually get their health back. And it's about the wins, feeling good about yourself and, and having some hope for next week, for next year. And it's better to start now than probably wait until January, I'd reckon. No, start now. Look, the New Year's resolution stuff, that's just, I'm going to be honest, that's garbage. Stop. The new year begins right now. We have no promise of tomorrow. Stop. Your new year begins right now. Celebrate new year. Have a new year resolution Every day you wake up, because that's really the opportunity for you to live life and not die through life. Mm, that's good. You guys go to go to DrSoGood.com. Go today. Try it out. Test us on this. We'd love to hear back from you. That was Clay's testimony. We'd love to hear back from you. Hey, what'd you think? What'd you like? Did you like the chocolate better or the vanilla? Try, you know, maybe maybe one of each. But, but get a foothold in your life. This might be a good gift for somebody, you know, that, man, man, they're kind of struggling and I don't know what to do. I'm stressed and busy time-wise. Man, one meal a day, switching it out with this, and you're actually getting probably more nutrients than you would have from, uh, you know, Burger King or something else anyway. So, Yeah, man, and we've, <laughs> got some, we've got some bars coming this way, too. So a couple months here, we've, we're manufacturing some bars to go with this. So we want to get people fully equipped. So that's coming out there. Dr. Sherwood, thank you for being so awesome. Thanks for the hope that you bring everywhere you go. I love to, you know, when you hear you speak in the, uh, uh, at the reawaken events, we had a, we had a good, uh, recording with you there with you and Dr. Michelle. So we put that out this week. People tune into that when you always enjoy it. When you get to hear from Dr. Michelle, it's always a, a, a treat as well. You guys are a, a dynamic duo and bring a lot of hope. So thank you so much. Hi friends, Dr. Michelle Sherwood here. And Dr. Mark Sherwood. For years, patients have asked us about meal replacement shakes, but Literally nothing has met our high standards. And with today's food shortages and nutritionally compromised diets, that standard American diet, we had to take action. So we created our own. Voila! King 
Kingdom Fuel is our complete nutritional shake mix. And it is absolutely, and I mean full of nutritional goodness. Do you have a three month emergency food supply in your pantry? Kingdom Fuel is shelf stable and available in delicious chocolate or vanilla. Stock up to fuel your life and enjoy a peace of mind. Oh man, buckle up. We have one of our favorite guests yes, ever on the Fiber I've been looking forward to this. Probably we maybe six weeks we've had this. I circled know, I've been and, waiting. And uh pumped. Um every once in a while in in the political landscape, there comes along one of the good guys. And I think one thing this show has done for me is jade me a little bit against all politicians. Probably you just know, opened your eyes. Yeah. You know, education, you know, it's like, it's like uh, Will Rogers said something about, about hot dogs. You can enjoy them a little better if you don't see how they're made. True. And uh, I tell you what, but when one stands out that does the right thing, that has a predetermined uh, moral compass, mm-hmm. that's, it's not a windsock that says, oh, Good. what do I believe? Hang on a second. Uh, this is what the focus group told me, I believe. So here you go. This is not today's guest. Today's guest is somebody that loves this country and is willing to say exactly what needs to be said, regardless of your feelings or predetermined or regardless of how it's twisted and spun by the left. She is a truth speaker. And it's none of what when you give this description, people already know. I know. Probably hailing from the state of Arizona, District 7, the northern part of the state. Northern and central. Covering almost five hour drive of constituents. The one and the only Wendy Rogers. Yay! Great Thank- to be with you. I'm I'm here in uh, near the Capitol now, helping other candidates uh, in their races. It's a great time to be in Arizona. Wow, that is for sure. There's a lot going on in Arizona. We've got elections a couple weeks away. Kind of fill us in. What's up in your area? Well, we're very lucky here in Arizona, as maybe most of your listeners and viewers know, uh, because we have Carrie Lake, we have Mark Fitchum, Abe Hamaday. Uh, and Blake Masters running as America First Conservatives, I among them, uh, was endorsed by President Trump. So we had our primary in early August, and of course I was able to win that against another state Woo! senator. It was, a, it was a pretty nasty race, honestly, uh, but we're through that, and I won by almost 20 points. Thanks for everybody's wow. prayer wow. and support. Yes. And um, because of how everything was redrawn, my district is predominantly Republican, so I'm in a pretty safe position and able to. Uh, I've been helping other candidates. Well, Man, you're also great. in a safe position because, the, the 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 regardless of what you see on the news, the general population every state every month we're in a different state for a Reawaken America event, and we host a meet and greet. You know, we had one. In You've Pennsylvania. been to them. You've been to it. We had one with, yes. with uh, uh, almost two thousand people attended our meet and greet in Pennsylvania. And, and, you know, so you're talking to, you know, that's like real focus group, real polls, like people who love this country, yeah. what are they looking for? And across the board, they just want somebody who loves America. That's mm-hmm. like the most common thing. They're like, I want, I want elected officials who love this country as much as I do and want to put it first that, that stand for honesty and integrity. Like, and you do that, yep. you know? And so that's probably even more than your districting. That's what creates a secure spot for you is people who actually vote, people who get up and go to work and actually do things. That resonates with them. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I'm kind of amazed sometimes when people come up to me 
And uh, this happens frequently when I go to events. They say uh, they follow you and they follow these other platforms that I'm on. And I say, oh, you're, you're from my district. No, none of them are from my district. It's kind of, kind of fun that way. They're just from all over Arizona. And so last night, for example, my husband and I, just at the last minute, he calls it evening entertainment, uh, but we go to Carrie Lake events uh, because <laughs> there are so many. And she's uh, extremely approachable and uh, relatable. And mm -hmm. she's uh, very genuine. And so last night there was this event we just decided like four hours ahead of time to go to called uh, First Responders for Carrie. And it was about an hour away. And I have first responder friends, naturally, so one of them was able to tear away. He's a paramedic, ex-Navy. He and my husband and I have been on search and rescue missions together over the years uh -huh. with uh, Civil Air Patrol. And his son goes to NAU at uh, Northern Arizona University of Flagstaff, so I see him as well. And anyway, so we went to this event. We were able to sit up front, and Carrie was amazing. Every time we see her, and I see her probably a couple of times a week in person, uh, we, you know, we communicate, we're friends, and of course endorsed each other and, and talk on the issues and so forth. And every time I see her, it's a different story. I learned something new about her. So last night, for example, this uh, firefighter who was the MC, she's always on this Ask Anything tour, and okay. she was reminded of something 20 years ago that she hadn't even remembered, when she, as a reporter, covered a story, a tragic story, of a 17-year-old young man who was killed, and uh, uh, she knew of the 16-year-old sister. And so she went to the home of this young woman and uh, brought her a meal uh, every day for a week. Wow. Because of the empathy, sympathy that uh, Carrie had for the family. And that young woman was sitting Unbeknownst wow. to us, wow. uh, with us in the audience, and it it was the most heartfelt moment. And you could tell. I mean, I know Carrie. You could tell that this was a complete surprise. It was um, unprompted. It was genuine, natural. But this speaks to the woman. This speaks to the heart. Mm -hmm. This speaks to a true conservative, a yeah. Christian, a mother who cares for people. Uh, regardless of the job that she was in. And so this is what she's going to bring, this this natural concern, empathy, and astute intellect uh, to the governorship and arguably to the nation. She has become a transformational figure, and people see this. And when other gubernatorial candidates or governors come out to uh, campaign with her, I dare say that it's because they want what she has rubbing off on them rather than oh. they helping her. Uh, that's what it has become. And so now Carrie is, by some uh, polls, it, even double digits ahead of Katie Hobbs. And you, you asked me before we went on about Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs, according to Democrats, is the worst candidate, Democrat uh, candidate in the country right now. And then you mm -hmm. juxtapose her vis-a-vis wow. -vis the <laughs> best Yes, in the country on the Republican side, and the uh, contrast is just enormous. So you have Katie Hobbs, who runs to the bathroom to hide from reporters, who's a convicted racist, two uh, court cases convicted her of racism in the workplace to the tune of $3 million. Now wow. it is costing Arizonans 
uh, to pay off these charges that, that she was convicted of. And uh, then you have Carrie Lake, who is doing two and three events a day. Wow. People, these crowds are absolutely overwhelming. If you follow my social media, you can see videos I've taken where I've panned Mm -hmm. the crowd to how large they are. And oh my gosh, last night was the first time I actually was standing in the pool where the uh, investigative reporters were. I didn't realize it. So we had this first responder friend who, as I mentioned, attended with us. And uh, there he is, yep. Hirsch, great, great friend of ours. And so I said, Ben, go up on stage, and then you can have a still shot with your colleagues uh, and uh, be with Carrie. Well, he went up there sort of unassumably. Well, little did we know that what came out was this press conference. So Ben and the others were behind Carrie, and then all these jackals, I mean, they're just mm. hyenas, you know, yeah. glommed on around where Hal and I were and started interviewing her. And there was one in particular from the UK, Sky News, and he was just really pushy. And he kept asking her about uh, election being, she is supposedly an election denier. Of course, she's refuted that by showing that it's not just Republicans who question. Right. It's a lot of Democrats over the last few years who've questioned. Yep. But nonetheless, he kept trying to insert himself. She put him in his place. She answered his question and then moved on. And then he tried twice again to interrupt. And she would look at him and say, you've had your chance. Uh, step step down. And right. so she knows not only what to say, right. but how to handle these mm-hmm. people because she's been a real journalist uh, for 30 years. Yep. Yet she is so... I mean, look at that uh, crowd. Uh, oh, yeah. That's at Dream City Church where, by the way, we had Reawaken America yes. in January. And the place was just loaded with folks. And they... Wow. Every time she speaks, as I say, she relates a different sort of yeah. facet to whatever her personality is vis-a-vis what's happening in the crowd. And she handled this guy very uh, forcefully but diplomatically Mm -hmm. and then answered other questions. And um, I loved it. There was this this class, this dignity and um, sort of panache, you know, a little bit of sass with, uh, you know, all mixed together. But the wow. substance is amazing. We it, we it goes, have a governor who's going to deal with the wall, the homelessness mm-hmm. problem, all these huge, problems. huge. And, and she's she's so smooth with it. You know, you can tell when somebody is is weak and threatened, and it becomes a a punching right. battle. You know, and that's why the left always comes across. Mm-hmm. I would say it's the party of of angry women and and, and weak men. Yeah. You know, when you look at, at Democrats, yes. because they they come from this place of weakness, which all I can do is insult you when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm weak. She comes at it almost like like if if, if you're a dad and you got like a five year old son who wants to wrestle with you, you know, you don't punch him in the face. You you she just like engages at his level. Yeah, you know, that's right. what like, like a dad would do with their son. He comes at him, you kind of put your hand on their head and he's like swinging, you know, and you're like, oh, you might pick him up by his feet or something. And, you know, you don't hurt him. Right. You right. just, you just neutralize, you know, mm-hmm. the threat because you're a dad and he's a five-year-old kid. And, you know, you, you don't use, like she has so much more available mm-hmm. than she uses in those engagements so true. and she's gentle with them, but puts them in their place. You know, mm-hmm. she's kind of like, you know, here, I'm going to just gonna pick you up and set you right there. Now just, here you go. And then just kind of moves on. 
in, in a way that's so smooth and yep. clean and kind of fun. I have an older brother lives in Florida and he's always, you know, sending DeSantis clips to me and things like this. But he started sending Carrie Lake ones, you know, I don't know, a couple of months Good. ago. But but every yeah. every day there's like, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And and an uh, impressive it, lady. It, it, there's like every day there's a highlight of something she does that just is like, oh, that was so well done. Mm-hmm. Yes, and also you you asked me uh, before we went on about these Democrats who dodge uh, debates. I think yes. that's a national phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's just uh, Katie Hobbs avoiding her, although she's sort of the quintessential example of it. Mm-hmm. But now you you saw the uh, other debates and in in Pennsylvania and New Hampshire and Michigan and so forth, and you see. These Democrats who've been put up by the globalist elites to sort of just, you know, fill out the job position, but who bring no substance or courage mm-hmm. uh, to the job. And so they've been placed here as as puppets. And now that's becoming very, very obvious because they won't debate. They have no uh, depth. Uh, they're out of their depth. And so finally, you know, you see uh, us waking up conservatives and people who aren't politicians waking up and joining the fight. So I'm Love really, it. I'm really pleased um, to be for God to have put me in Arizona mm-hmm. at this moment in time. And since we uh, last met you and and we met, uh, I was at a uh, pillow guy Mike's uh, Lindell symposium in Missouri, mm-hmm. and uh, I had several state legislators come up to me and say, Wendy, uh, they stole my primary this summer. I was ahead by 10 or 15 points, and then it was flipped in the middle of the night. We need Arizona to get this right. We need Arizona to lead the country so that we can get our country back state by state by state. And you guys are our only hope. So now I look to the present where we have uh, we have Kerry, and then we have Fincham for mm-hmm. Secretary of State, and Abe Hamaday is a particularly compelling figure. He's running for attorney general. He's 31 years old. He's an army officer. I've known him for years and years since he was very young. And also, uh, he's a prosecuting attorney, a county prosecuting attorney. Wow. He has absolutely uh, lit the landscape on fire. He and Kerry uh, campaigned together, which is a, a, a winsome combination. Yep. They've both committed together to dive into the Arizona audit findings and to find out what happened in 2020, which of course is near and dear to my heart. And we, the, the Arizona audit effort was put together, a bow on top, given to Brnovich, yep. and he did nothing with it. So we're going to finally have um, a, a careful eye into what happened in 2020. And yes. for my part, I hope to be a leading either formally or informally, the government committee in the Arizona Senate when we get sworn in again in uh, January mm-hmm. and then pass meaningful legislation so that we shore up these gaps in our election system. I love it. Again, you go to WendyRogers.org, W-E-N-D-Y-R-O-G-E-R-S dot org to find out more about Wendy's what Wendy's doing. Wendy, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure to have you on our show. Oh, it's an honor. I love you guys. God bless America. And vote on Election Day if you can. Wait till Election Day because then they don't know how much to steal it by. That's right. That's a great That's the trick. Tip. That's the move. Wendy, thank you so much. Flyover Country loves you and so do Stacey and I. 
Hey, Flyover family. This is David and Stacey Whited. We are at the Reawaken America event. It is incredible. And look who's behind us, Eric Trump. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time to be in, in Washington, Idaho, the Northwest. This is our second time out in this part of the country, and the people are going crazy. They're excited. They're coming out of the woodwork because they're realizing they're not the only patriot. They're not at home left alone, isolated by themselves. They're coming out, and they're with 8,000 other patriots uh, at a racetrack because this is what you got to do to save America. And everybody's high-fiving each other. They're giving each other hugs. They're coming around. They are just excited to be a part of this movement that is truly making a difference. They are waking up, they are speaking up, and they are showing up. You all know that we all wanted President Trump to do 80 million things to save our country. We need 80 million of us doing one thing every single day to save our own country. And that's what's happening right here with this incredible crowd. And you know, it's so important that you get together with other patriots. It's so important. That's why they isolated you, had you by yourself for two years, put a mask over you. They don't want to see your smile. They don't want you out in public. They don't want you around other patriots. But when you do, you get awakened. You get excited. you got to be here at the next one. We're going to Pennsylvania. We're going to be going to Branson, Missouri. There's only two events left. So get your tickets. Come out and see us. You have to be there. You do not want to miss it. We'd love to have you come to the meet and greet. It's going to be an incredible event. You know, during the revolution, they got together in bars and pubs. They got together every different little place they could. They talked about what it would be like if our country was free. What would it be like to not live under a king and tyranny? You know what? That's what we need right now. Getting together, sharing good yes. ideas with each other. Then you take those back home and you get to work. That's where it starts though. Wake up, speak up, show up. That is the message of our show. And I know very few people that are doing that as much as the two gentlemen we have on our show today. We have the host of the Reawaken Tour and the Thrive Time Show, Clay Clark, and the CEO of Safari Mission, Vidar Ligard. Welcome to the show. Hey! Thank you, thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. And I, I will say this, Colton, what I wanted to do today, if I could, and I know it's your show, is is you have this to reawaken America uh, tour. But if you look at the globe, if you really look at it, and you, you analyze it. And, you, and I know there's a couple of people listening who, who don't like the globe because they think it should be flat. But I'm just saying, if you look at the map, you look at the globe, you look at it. There's other places beyond America on that map. And I am of the belief that that we're all children of God. And we call it the Reawaken America Tour. But what we're getting, Colton, is we're having so many people, they go to timetofreeamerica.com to buy a ticket. You know, we've got just a housekeeping note, 75 tickets left for Branson. We're going to Nashville. We'll have thousands of people in Branson, thousands in Nashville. We had over a million people streaming behind between all of our streaming partners. Jimmy Kimmel's talking about it. The world's talking about it. But meanwhile, people all over the world are tuning in now. We have people that are tuning in from Africa, from Ireland, people reaching out via email saying they're listening from Italy. And one of the speakers that we lost on the Reawaken America Tour, one of our faithful speakers that we lost, you know, we could, we can't get him to speak at our events because he's in Africa. And so I wanted to tell people, yeah, we're reawakening America. 
But Vidar Lagarde, one of our uh, Reawakened America Tour speakers, is also reawakening right now Africa. And there's some stuff going on. We're going to talk about BRICS and these things today. But Vidar has updates from Africa that I think are very urgent for anybody out there that, that cares about missions, outreach all around the world. Man. And that is awesome. I, I'm super excited about that. We, I think there is an, an, an inspiration that's happening all over the world. We get messages from people in Australia and, and like you said, Ireland and the UK. We'll go on and look at some of our stuff. It's obviously a smaller percentage of our total views, but we do get these messages. And I think you know people are like, hey, that's, that sounds like kind of globalist of you guys. You know, I'm like, no, we're, we're focused on our country, but I think there's an inspiration that comes from that. We're not trying to get the entire world to be our country, but we're trying to inspire these other countries as well. And, and uh, hopefully get some of it. So Vidar, tell us what is going on in Africa. Yeah, that's that's right. Here at uh, safarimission.org, uh, we teach Africans how to develop their own society. It's 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 the same solution to the same problem that we're we're seeing in America. So we train leaders, uh, we transform people uh, through Christ and through biblical development principles. Mm. You know, when when people of God are weak, then uh, evil is allowed to be strong. And so we just need to need to reverse that. Um, There's a whole lot going on here in here in Africa on a on a geopolitical scale right now um, in Uganda. 31 ton gold ore was discovered uh, just a few months ago. Mm. Uh, That translates to 12 are you ready for this? Yeah. Twelve trillion dollars of refined gold. That is a lot of zeros. That that's a lot of zeros. You know, I don't know. A lot of people probably can't count the number of zeros there, but you know, that's that's over a third of our national debt in the United States. Wow. wow. Now found the overnight. country sold out. Here's the kicker: the country sold out, and they only get seven hundred million dollars in royalties from twelve trillion dollars. Try to figure that percentage out. It's like 0.001% that they're keeping. And now, so the United Nations, China, Russia, everybody's in there trying to get get their hands on this kind of stuff. It's a typical typical African thing that's happening here. On top of that, we have an Ebola outbreak in the middle of it. Mm. Let's put this thing on a lockdown so that we can can work behind the scenes in peace and quiet on on this kind of stuff. So it's it's a very typical African story of what's been happening with with colonialism all all through these years. But we focus on the solution. We teach Africans how to develop their own society. It's the same thing we're doing with the Reawaken Tours in America, training people on just getting involved with whatever you can do, whether that's a small local level, it's a mid-sized national level, whatever that is, get involved. And here in Africa, we say it like this, that when there's no more need for the World Food Program here in Africa. Mm. That's that's one of the milestones that we are looking for because people here, we're net importers of food. The people are here, the rain is here, the resources are here, and yet we're importing food. But when you develop people to develop their own society, that starts with food security. So yeah, and I, I don't want to the World Food Program here. I want to I want to chime in with this. this is so important for people out there. Your, your listeners will love to take action. So I want to do yep. Colton if I can. And I know you have a wonderful producer helping you out there today. Yep. But if we go to time to free America.com, okay? okay. Time to free America.com, there is a, a button on there that is uh, you'll see the the flags. It's underneath the monkey face. So you go to time to free America.com underneath the monkey pox button. I never thought I'd be in a place in space where we have a monkey pox button, but you go underneath there and there is a bricks button, okay? okay. And you click on bricks, and I want to just make sure everyone understands 
Kansas and how all this fits in. Okay. So you have it keep scrolling down a little bit. There you go. See all the flags on the on the left column. You click that. That's the BRICS button. Boom. Okay. So you have Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. These are all countries, not in the United States. Brazil, right. Russia, India, China, South Africa. They all teamed up to form the BRICS nations. Now, let's go back in the timeline here real quick here. Colton, uh, 1971, where were you? I was negative 29 years old. Awesome. Uh, Vidar, where were you in 1971? I was negative a few years old, too. <laughs> okay, so 1971, I was negative nine years old. But 1971, uh, Henry Kissinger told Klaus Schwab to get off of the Henry Kissinger told Richard Nixon to get off the gold standard. So Richard Nixon was advised by Henry Kissinger to get off the gold standard in 1971. In 1971, the same Henry Kissinger told Klaus Schwab to start the World Economic Forum. So in 1971, a lot of things began in motion. Okay, this this, this plot, this plan. So this guy started the World Economic Forum in 1971. <laughs> and in 1971, we got off the gold standard. Now I want to keep going. Okay, follow me, folks, here. So everyone take notes. I promise, I promise I have a point here. So 1974... Three years later, I'm negative six, 1974. This is important for people to know this, okay? Henry Kissinger advised America to enter into a relationship with the Saudi Arabians called the petrodollar. So basically, Saudi Arabia will export their oil to countries that we deem to be. The agreement is Saudi Arabia will export their oil in exchange for U.S. military Support. So the U.S. military protects the assets of Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. and Saudi Arabia will only export their oil to who we want them to, and Saudi Arabia will only sell their oil in exchange for U.S. dollars. Let's keep going. So there, okay. again, so 1945, okay, America, the U.S. dollar became the world's reserve currency after World War II. So we moved from right. like a gold-backed dollar to like an oil-backed dollar. So there we go. So 1971, we moved off the gold standard, but we're still the world's reserve currency. 1974, we it's not backed by anything, but now it's backed by petro, petroleum, 1974. Okay. So now we okay. move forward to 2017. This is people need to understand this. So in 2017, the Bank of International Settlements, the Bank of International Settlements, they decided that gold, as Vidar just talked about, gold, gold is now a tier one asset. Equal in in security and credibility to that of the U.S. dollar, meaning that for the first time since 1945, you now have something of equal value to the U.S. dollar running around, and that's called gold. All right. Wow. So Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, they began purchasing all of the world's gold. They began hoarding the world's gold beginning in 2017. Now, I'm going to be very accurate with what I'm going to tell you, and I want people to really focus in on what I'm saying here, okay? So, Brazil, Russia, India, Africa, South Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, they began buying up the world's gold, hoarding the world's gold, and they that's like 41% of the Earth's population. It's 41% okay. of the Earth's population. Well, then they convinced Venezuela to join. Then they convinced Turkey to join. The BRICS nations. Mm-hmm. Again, this is Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Now, I want people to just write this down. Think about it. Everybody marinate. Really, really just come to grips with this. So then these countries, they needed Saudi Arabia to join the BRICS nations in order to delegitimize the U.S. dollar. So approximately eight days ago, the U.S. dollar was then uh, uh, took a big hit because Saudi Arabia announced that they are joining the BRICS nations. Mm-hmm. So the only reason that America is perceived as a wealthy nation in, in Africa, where Vidar is at, is perceived to be a poor continent, is because we in America can operate via consumer debt. 
All right. So in America today, you can go buy a Nissan or a, a Honda, or you can lease it. You can release your refrigerator from Best Buy. Yep. You can buy a refrigerator, no money down for your house, little money down for your house. Everything's a payment. Your phone's a payment. Yep. Car's a payment. Your home's a payment. And we basically live on credit. Now, someone should write this down. America just sold 136 tons of gold to China. What? So America, at a time you would think we would be buying gold and silver, we just sold 136 tons of gold to China. Glenn Beck has been reporting this, okay? But we have to remember this now. In 2017, what happened? The Bank of International Settlements upgraded gold to be a tier one asset equal to that of the dollar, and the world began hoarding gold. But in 2016, Joe Biden delivered a talk at the World Economic Forum in front of an audience of Klaus Schwab. Yep declaring that he was mastering the fourth industrial revolution, entering us into the great reset. And here we go. And so just this past week, the United Kingdom uh, brought in a new prime minister and that new prime minister, Rishi Sunak Mm -hmm. is ushering in the central banked digital currencies. His father-in-law invented the technology. These are programmable central bank digital currencies and they are backed by gold. So what's happening is Vidar, what he's doing now, what he's doing over in Africa, seemed like, oh, it's irrelevant. You know, America's so prosperous. We're doing so well. We're doing so well. We're the world's reserve currency. Meanwhile, Africa has been plundered by yep. people. They've been treated as a, a, a colony to be plundered by most of the world. Yep. And it looks as though America is on the verge of becoming a colony of China to be wow. plundered by the rest of the world, just like it is in Africa. So when you listen to Vidar talk, please understand the urgency of what he's doing over there. He's going over there and teaching people how to fish and, and, yep. and Vidar, Vidar, you're absolutely changing lives. And what I love about both of you guys, like you're both hyper aware of the global economic, you know, how, how much trouble the world is in. And you're talking about these, these giant countries that wasn't in, like individual people, of uh, Uganda that made the decision to go from 12 trillion, you know, down to fractions of, of, of percentages of that. That was, you know, a, a governmental decision. That was a, the, the individuals at the top's decision. So you're aware of that. But at the same time, you both inspire, teach, coach, and work with people on an individual level that no matter what's going on out here, you can live an incredible life. You know, I know Clay, you teach these business conferences and you, you're at the boom book and you do the reawaken tour that focuses on individuals taking action to look to create a national impact. And, and Vidar, I know you're doing the same thing there uh, currently in Nairobi, Kenya and all across Africa there. What are some of these principles, right. Vidar, that you're teaching these people? You know, when you talk about teaching them to fish, when you talk about teaching them uh, to, 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 to take care of themselves, what are you, what are you teaching them? What does, what does that look like? Well, for one, you know, we don't believe in having a lazy boy quarterback. You know, you, you, you got to get on the field and, and do something. So that's that's one of the first principles. But in, in a society that's not based on biblical principles, uh, step number one is to get Christ into people. Because mm. you can't you can't get corruption and hatred and all of these evils out of the heart and unless you replace it with the love of God. Woo. So that's the first thing. The second thing we we teach is that you're valuable. You are created in the image of God. God wants to have a relationship with you, and he wants you to be the head 
and not the tail. He wants you to spearhead development in whatever sphere of influence that you have. Wow. So now, now that people get this, then they start looking for opportunities. So, for example, in, in, in the Congo, uh, in Goma, one chicken egg sells for two U.S. dollars. They're imported from Uganda. The World Food Program is big in there. They're dependent in all kinds of different ways. But our students then, we were just there uh, last month teaching them, uh, 35 pastors in there, and they start talking, why don't we buy a chicken instead of an egg? Well, we didn't train them to buy a chicken. We trained them to look for opportunities. Mm. And I think that's that's part of the secret sauce here. You can teach people to weld. You can teach people to sew. You can teach people to start a fish farm. But it's so much more powerful when you teach them the principles of being solutions-oriented and finding opportunities where other people have problems. Then they can go out and find start all kinds of stuff. So our, our people, they, they start churches, they start businesses, they start orphanages, if that, that is the need, all kinds of different ways. Uh, what you're seeing on the video here, that, that's in Kenya. This area has not had rain for 18 months. Wow. That's a long time without a raindrop. That's, that's not now, a season Now, they've been saying for all these years, we need rain, we need rain. It's, it's, a, it's a, often a problem with drought, but 18 months is, is a long time. Well, in this area... Um, you can see this is a water pan that's being dug out here. Mm. So that and those that did that years ago, they still have water today. You see some green uh, trees growing out here. They're actually farming after 18 months of no rain. Still have water in wow. their pond after 18 wow. months. And you see this green field out here? They're yep. still growing stuff. They're not importing food in the middle of a drought. God, the problem good. is not drought. The problem is a poverty mentality that doesn't look for solutions. It just looks for a handout. And that's, that's the part that we were fixing. Man, how do you how do you kind of do it? Like there's a tension on that because you need to take care of needs for today. I mean, like like if they if they don't have rain, they still need food. But then teaching them to fish, like how do you or teaching yeah. them to create food where there is no water? How how do you manage that tension at Safari Mission? There's so many organizations that work on handout. We don't need to do it. There's plenty of them. Okay. We just focus on the long-term solutions and leave the rest for, you know, let, let the others settle the dust. And Colton, I wanted to just share this real quick. And if it's possible to pull up safarimission.org on the website, I wanted to pull up just five calls to action I want people to know is I actually am a part owner of a company called tiptopcanine.com. Mm -hmm. Tiptopcanine.com is a dog training company. Love those guys. And don't get scared, folks. I'm, I'm not the dog trainer. There's highly trained people in 17 locations that do that. Um, but um, we, the reason why we as a company support Safari Mission and donate to Safari Mission and I'm saying that because so people can understand why we get behind him, is that Vidar is very transparent with his finances. Mm. So if you're out there today and you're going, you know what, I'd like to put $10 a month and feel good about what I'm doing with it. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast for $10 a day. So $10 a month, I'm not going to have Starbucks. I used to spend $10 a month at Starbucks or Netflix, and I want to reallocate those $10 to something I feel good about it. I want to feel good about so That's one way you can help safarimission.org. The second is if you go there, you can uh, you can fill out the form there and join uh, Vidar's contact list where he act, you can connect with him. And when you connect with him, he'll give you updates about what he's doing. So you can not only donate, but you can actually get updates. You can learn about what he's, what, what's, what he's doing 
what they're doing. And again, I mean, some people are are, are called to be teachers, preachers, lawyers, mm-hmm. attorneys, dentists, doctors. But if you're looking to support, again, one thing is you can give money. Two, yep. you can sign up for the newsletter to stay involved. Third thing you can do is you can download Vidar's book. He's written a phenomenal book that really does walk people through uh, his practical training and teaching that he provides for people. You can see his mentorship. Um, the fourth thing that you can do today, and this is this is powerful, uh, Vidar is going to be joining us on the Reawaken America Tour in Tennessee. Uh, so he'll be joining us, I believe, remotely. We're working through the mechanics, but, but Bedar will be joining us. Obviously, it's Pastor Greg Locke's church. You'll see Sean Foyt and Cash Patel and General Flynn and all those people. But one way you can support is if you go to timetofreeamerica.com, you can get your tickets for Nashville. You can come support. You can attend those events. And again, for all the Reawaken America Tour events, you can name your price. You can pay whatever you want. And if you use promo code FLYOVER, you get a couple great things happen for you. And it's we do these kind of flash specials, and we're doing one today. Anybody who buys a ticket today, between now and the next 24 hours, you win a chance. You have a chance to win a backstage pass to come behind the scenes and to meet uh, people like Vidar when he is stateside. You can meet Cash Patel, Eric Trump, General Flynn, uh, Dr. Judy yeah. Mikevitz, Mike Lindell. Um, and again, you got to use promo code FLYOVER for a chance to win a backstage pass. Also, you get a discount off of VIP tickets. And if you use promo code FLYOVER, you can attend the meet and greet event for free. So again, you can support a Safari Mission with a donation. You can subscribe to stay in touch with the newsletter. You can get his book. You can attend the tour. And the final thing you can do, and these are all free things for you, if you go to timetofreeamerica.com, we have a documentary uh, about the Reawaken America tour. We have a book called The Great Reawakening versus The Great Reset. You can download both for free. You can find jobs that don't require the COVID shots. You can find uh, uh, COVID-19 vaccine religious exemptions. All of that is found at timetofreeamerica.com. But I can say um, I know of multiple people Longtime friends of mine and clients of mine that have donated to Safari Mission for years, mm. which is very abnormal in ministry to find a mission, a ministry, and to feel good about where they're putting their money year after year. And it's because Vidar is so transparent with his finances. And uh, I really do uh, speak highly of him. And I couldn't um, hold him in a higher regard and esteem in terms of a, a ministry where you can sow seeds and, and know that you're sowing uh, good seed into good soil. Man, well, Vidar, thank you for all you're doing over there and uh, for for reawakening uh, Africa. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's we are we are glad to do it, and it's just amazing to see when when people get a hold of these principles and start developing their own society. They cut the cords of dependency and they start building stuff. It happens in Africa. It happens in America. People read my book and they start running for Senate because they want to change things in America as well. So it's just an honor to be a part of all this, man. Well, we need to go get that book right now. It's called A Fork in the Road. Make sure you get yep. that from safarimission.org. Uh, you can run for Senate and your state as well. If you read this book, I think that's pretty much a guarantee. An author's guarantee is uh, it'll make you want to run <laughs> for something. If nothing else, it'll it'll get you seeking out opportunities and get you on the right path uh, of, of not being a victim, but being a victor, of, of not uh, you know, succumbing, but but being victorious and all this stuff. And I'll uh, say one more thing too with Vidar. It's hard for you know the Reawaken America tour. The media likes to portray it as a racist white nationalist gathering, and it becomes harder to do that when the the, the pictures from the Washington Post showed Manuel Johnson, who happens to be black, leading yeah. the healing service. I mean, like, like, what were they when thinking? Our leadoff speaker is Pastor Mark Burns. I mean, it becomes harder to argue that when you actually are there and a third of the speakers aren't white, but it's hard in Vidar's case because he's one of the few white people at any of the events he organizes because uh, Vidar, I mean, when you go into, you know, and you go out and do your outreach, when you hang up today's interview and you go out into the community, uh, what percentage of the population that you're ministering to is white? 
Well, our radio program goes out to about 3 million people uh, every week. If my wife's on the show, we're two out of three million. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Well, hey, thank you, Vidar. I really appreciate you. And Colton, again, thanks for the opportunity, brother. I really do appreciate you guys. Love having you guys on the show. Thank you, Vidar and Clay. We appreciate you both. Go to safarimission.org, donate, connect, get the book, get your reawakened tickets. So you can text 918-851-0102 with the word flyover and get more information at timetofreeamerica.com. Thank you guys for coming on. Appreciate it. Take care. Have a great day. Bye. God bless. Not only is that one of my favorite songs and bumps that, yep. that, that we've gone through, Love so Colton it. came it up rocks. with, this is one of my favorite segments, one of yours. It's one of Little Mike's favorite yeah, segments. We get to go too. through the news through the eyes of a professional news producer. We go through the Twitter feed, throw her questions from her own feed, have yep. her expand on it. It's a little bit like uh, the behind the scenes on a DVD when you get DVDs, True. director's cuts on Apple. They'll have the special yeah. features, so like the special features of a professional news person's Twitter feed. Um, she's a, a former Fox News producer, uh, Newsmax Major League Baseball. She speaks fluent sarcasm, and she's the current producer of The Absolute Truth with Emerald Robinson, the one, the only, Brown Amarillo. Yay! Woo! Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. One another, another great introduction. It's not easy to list all that stuff, too, by the way. That's it's a lot a, of stuff. It's a lot. You're still a young chicken, man. By the time you're like, Ari, it's going to take, it would take the whole segment just to say your yeah, accolades. Exactly. And you forgot to say she's extremely funny. Before we started recording, oh. we laughed and laughed till we had tears in our eyes because she is absolutely hilarious as well. Just crack it up. So, so, so we're going to, we're going to throw her some, some uh, questions from her tweets and uh, give, give us a chance to kind of expand on those just a little bit. Perfect. Are you ready for the first Let's do one? this thing. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. First one from the Daily Mail. Biden was complicit in alleged white collar crimes watchdog claims. And you said Joe Biden was complicit in six alleged crimes. Watchdog group says Biden is allegedly complicit in violating the Presidential Records Act, tax evasion, and using non-public information for financial gain. He even illegally used alias email. Tell us about that. What's up? It's such a jam-packed story. I mean, it, it's an, it's crazy to think that the president of the United States has this much corruption behind him and nothing seems to happen. I mean, Donald Trump had his home raided over just the idea that he was withholding documents and communications potentially. Um, and we, we now know, based on Hunter Biden's laptop, that Joe Biden was using an alias email while he was vice president and was conducting business. Um, the emails are pretty extensive, but there are some, you know, organizing uh, meet and greets with the uh, Ukrainian president at the time. There's also Anthony Blinken's even named in a couple of those emails as well. So it, it loops in all of these these characters, and it just points to the thing that we've known from the very beginning, and that's Joe Biden's corruption is beyond unimaginable, unimaginable anymore. I mean, this man mm -hmm. is so corrupt, and nothing seems to happen. If we lived in a truly fair society. Um, Joe would have his home in Delaware raided, but unfortunately yep. he gets away with whatever he wants because he has a D by his name. But the corruption, of, I don't think we've ever seen this level of corruption from one president at one time. I mean, there's all these speculations about other presidents in the past, but we know this to be factually true because we know the laptop is authentic. Mm -hmm. And so there's literally zero agencies investigating this family for their corruption and their scandals. And it's just deeply concerning, but yet mm -hmm. it's expected. 
It's so yeah, true. Yeah, some of you hear about it years later, you know, things unfold or whatever, but this is like in the moment, almost like in real time. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. I don't I don't care. I'm yeah. moving forward. If I ever get in trouble of any kind whatsoever, though, I'm switching parties for sure. I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to get me a little jackass button and stick it on there and like, Hey, what do you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the next my, time you want to head to a protest, make sure you're a registered Democrat. Absolutely. Yeah. My get out of jail free card. All right. For sure. Move on to the next one. One of my favorite people in the whole world. We love her. Uh, yeah. Laura Logan. Laura Logan was reportedly banned from Newsmax after standing up against human traffickers. Cause you don't want to do that in public. Uh, free speech is dead <laughs> on cable news, but not on the absolute truth. Emerald Robinson, whoop, no whoop. doubt. Tell us about this story. Oh, we had Lara on this weekend. Let me tell you, I love her. As, yep. as somebody who went to school for this, I have to say Lara is one of my favorite people to, to have on the show just because she just does the, she does the kind of journalism that nobody wants to do because they're too afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's fearless and she doesn't mind doing it. But I, I didn't hear the soundbite at first of what Lara was saying and why everyone was calling her a conspiracy theorist, a QAnon supporter, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I read all the stories first. And then I was like, all right, let me play the clip. And then you hear the clip and it's her just standing up against human trafficking and saying like the border is wide open. It's encouraging human trafficking. Children are being raped and um, you have to pick between the good and the evil. And that's what this is ultimately about. And for some reason, that's a conspiracy theory run by QAnon people. I don't understand it at all. Uh, Maybe it's their way, as we see the left constantly does, playing down pedophilia and trying to bring it you know, trying to, t- trying to kind of ease people into accepting it into our new culture of uh, media. I-, I don't get it personally, but they are trying to do it. We see it all the time, the drag shows. So I-, I guess now they have to say anyone who stands up against pedophilia and human trafficking is, is somebody who is a QAnon supporter. Um, we love Lara. She came on and we just simply asked her like, Lara, like, are you sad about being canceled by Newsmax? And this woman could care less. And that's exactly what she said. I could not care about Newsmax. And she kind of just rolled with the punches. I mean, she's been canceled mm-hmm. by them and as well as Fox. Fox. And she yep. doesn't she doesn't care anymore. No. That's the kind of part of my career. I I mean, I, I'm pretty much at that in my my life well, right now. But at a I, young I, I age. I envy her for it. <laughs> yeah. Know, and, and she, she has like 16 or 17 Emmys or something, something like crazy. that. You know, it'd be like the equivalent of, yeah. of Michael Jordan not being allowed at uh, an NBA workshop or something like that. It'd be like, okay. Yeah. And, she, and she doesn't give yeah. an opinion. She just reports the facts and yeah. she tells the truth. Yeah. I mean, that is what Laura does. Yeah. She doesn't ever give her opinion. I mean, it's interesting because she we, doesn't say it if it's not fact. No, we we interviewed her yeah. on our show and I asked her a question, like, what are ways that people can wake up, speak up and show up? And she you know, came back and she said, I don't give an opinion. I only give facts, you know. And so I was like, man, yeah. I mean, she is somebody that she just shares. Right, sorry, Laura. <laughs> she's the best, though. She is she one of my is. favorite we humans. I love her. We love her. All right, yeah, I, our- I don't even know if she's a conservative, honestly. She just doesn't show any political nope. takes on anything. So you really wouldn't she doesn't. know. That's yeah. so true. But if so you call true. balls and strikes on a regular basis, they're going to label you a, a QAnon, you know, yeah. Christian nationalist, white supremacist, something yeah. bad if you're calling balls and strikes. All right. Next one is our, our obligatory uh, uh, high five to Ron DeSantis. Yeah, no kidding. Got to mix this in. Joe Biden couldn't find his way out of the FEMA office all while... Governor Ron DeSantis was rebuilding bridges, organizing rescue efforts, collecting donations, distributing donations, and helping folks pay their insurance deductibles. Man, that is so good. He is such a great guy. Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, he's so he's such a great governor, and I'm so happy to be here. Obviously, back in 2019, I was in New York, and I left, and I moved here, and I didn't like you know foresee what was going to go on with the pandemic in New York and how miserable it was going to become to live. I just kind of knew I was miserable there in the first place, but like. Democrats are just so awful at just anything where it comes to like crisis management. And mm-hmm. like Ron DeSantis did pro- 
probably one of the best jobs you'll ever see. I, I believe there was like an estimate for one of the bridges that were hit by the hurricane. It was going to take a month to be fixed. And he had it fixed and repaired within three days. Wow. Um, normally, if that if Joe Biden did that, there would be praise everywhere. The women on The View would be jumping out of their seats. They'd be <laughs> talking about Nobel Peace Prize winning. I mean, they'd, they'd be so dramatic yep. over the top. Uh, Ronnie Sanchez does <laughs> it, and you hear nothing from these people. They're just like, oh, don't talk about him. Crickets. He, yeah, he he's anti-vax. He's, and they do all these crazy things. They have all these crazy things to call him. But, I mean, I'm so thankful to have a leader who who is intelligent enough to be able to handle a crisis. And the best part is, in Florida, they have done so well with our state's budget that they have, like, this, like, surplus of money. And mm-hmm. so now that there's a time of crisis and Floridians need help, they're actually able to pull that money that they've saved up over the years and give it to Floridians. So they're not paying their deductibles. And so they're able to get, you know, all the things fixed in their homes and, and go about it that way. Yeah. It's pretty amazing um, that this is my governor. I know I the rest of the it. country's jealous. Yeah, yeah they are. The bomb.com. Sure. Yeah. We need reason, more of those. Biggest reason I would want him yeah. out of the White House just because it's like we need that as a model for a good yeah. state. You know, you need for some yeah. some weasel to move in there next. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Next yeah. one. Uh, one of the one of the worst things seemed like you could do to protect yourself against COVID is to participate in their <laughs> anti-COVID protection program. Uh, the CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, has tested positive for COVID a month after getting another booster shot. What's up with that? <laughs> Isn't it funny how this always happens like that? Uh, they're, they're all, it just seems to be like, if you want a guaranteed like way, like path to get it COVID, you have to get vaccinated and then boost it on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Joe Biden went on TV again this week and said, um, you don't want to die from the, from COVID. You have to get the most up-to-date vaccine. So it's no longer the first or the second shot. It's now whatever updated booster they want to just jab inside of you. It's, it's pretty disgusting. She's got COVID now. This is the woman who's supposed to be a leader and leading us through the pandemic. And, you know, if you remember, actually, there's a lot of sound bites, and I believe Tucker Carlson played them um, on Tuesday night that or Monday night, that she was the same person who was telling people that if you got vaccinated, you would not get COVID. And look at her now. Um, but they're all silent. They all release these like well-rehearsed and coach statements saying, you know, I'm so thankful for my vaccine. Without it, I would never get COVID. Like, it's uh, all this, like, it's like all of this like nonsense. I, I crack up at all of these people at this yep. point. We were obviously in the right um, at just by simply following basic biology. And unfortunately, so yep. many people around the country learn the hard way mm-hmm. that the vaccine isn't what they yeah. promised you would be. So true. So true. In fact, you kind of come against the Republican Party and say, Republican candidates, if you're unwilling to push back against vaccine mandates, you deserve to lose this November. Yep. I could not agree Across more. the board, smash them, smack them. Yeah, yeah. There's never been a bigger power grab in our country's history, I feel like, besides this pandemic mm-hmm. and, and the mandates and everything. In New York, they actually just shot down. So all the, the state and the city employees who were terminated for not being vaccinated, they are now all going to get back pay. So I'm thankful to see these little victories and everything for like, you know, medical freedom and whatnot. But um, these people need to pay. And if you're a Republican running this year, if you do not stand up against it, then you sh- you deserve to lose. Like I said, yep, totally agree. You know, it's like the opposite of what we're talking earlier about Laura Logan. You know, yeah. like she says she only says like she this is a fact, like I've researched this. I have five you know documented resources backing yep. it up. This is a, this is a fact. These guys are like, it's just whatever talking points pay the best. Mm-hmm. Most of them doubled yeah. their net worth during COVID from Fauci all the way through. So it's 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 not a predetermined moral compass of mm-hmm. I'm speaking the truth. It's like whatever they put in front of them. And then, you know, it's not science for sure. So by the way, we yeah. are reading off of Brianna Morello's uh, Twitter. Yes. So you can follow her at Brianna Morello on Twitter. So it's B-R-E-A-N-N-A-M-O-R-E-L-L-O. Now let's go to BriannaMorello.com. 
mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, check Takes out. Takes you right to her Twitter. And if, and if you're not a Twitter person, you're like, I don't like Twitter. It's deep state or whatever like that. Like, well, you know, we've got to, we got to win these battles across all That's platforms. Right. And for some people, she might be the only conservative bright light they find. It's like her, Joe Flynn, Cat Turd. It gets a little slim after that. That's all right. right. All right. Yeah. Next, nearly 60% of Americans say the mainstream media is a threat to our democracy. Wow. Only 15% said the media poses no threat at all. It's according to the New York Times. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that they publish those that like yep. data point? I mean, I wouldn't expect them to, to publish it. I would think that they would kind of ignore that one and, and push it aside. So it's interesting that they publish it because they are part of the reason why Americans do not trust the media and political tensions are super, super high right now. It's they're, mm-hmm. they're divisive. Their rhetoric is nasty all the time. Um, as you guys know, um, you, you guys, you guys go to the reawakening events uh, mm-hmm. when they cover it, they don't cover it with kindness. They cover it with just hate in their heart. Yeah. And um, the rest of the country sees it and they don't trust them for that reason. Alone. I, I think there's so such a true. blind spot and such arrogance that this this quote probably was intended to be an indictment on the stupid 60 percent. I think that, <laughs> yeah, that that's actually they're so full of themselves. I think they're, they're saying nearly 60 percent of Americans say the mainstream media is a threat. to the, the implication there is nearly 60 percent of Americans are so stupid that they think the media. Yeah is mm. the threat to our democracy. You know, really I think. Yeah. Fascinating. Bring us yeah, home, man. Interesting All, right. Way. Yeah. All right, ready? That's last one. This is the big crescendo. You ready? <laughs> oh, this is crazy. This is crazy times uh. about the NHL. Imagine the outrage if you told the NBA to stop employing so many black athletes and staff. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the National Hockey League is um, basically uh, hired a consultant to come in. Here's one thing I found is, the longer a person's title, the more worthless the position. Uh, that, <laughs> there's almost a, there's like a, an algorithm yeah. that you can find. The longer the title, you know, uh, equity diversity officer, blah blah blah. blah yeah. The longer your title, the more damage you probably do to society as a whole. Um, so basically, brought an outside consultant that's uh, working through their 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 stuff and basically said that uh, the NHL first internal demographic study found that its workplace to be overwhelmingly white. It's hockey. <laughs> Hockey is overwhelmingly white. Uh, let's just be oh honest gosh. with ourselves. So what's up with that? Yeah, so I, I find this to be fascinating. So while I worked for Major League Baseball, I also during the offseason, because uh, Major League Baseball's headquarters is in uh, new, the network is in New Jersey, and they share the same office space with NHL Network. And so I kind of just flip over to the other side and start doing um, NHL highlights and stuff like that. And I have to tell you, the majority of the staff there was white, because guess what? the audience most of the time is just white and there's no, we don't need to just get black people involved. Hispanic people get involved. If they want to come in and they want to work for the NHL and they have the skill set to do so, they could apply for the job like the rest of us all do. But to sit there and think that, you know, you, if you're applying for a job, you as a white man shouldn't get the job because you're skin color. We should actually give it to this other individual who might not have the same qualifications that you do have. Um, just because of his race, he, he has a step above you. We, we normally would say that's discrimination under normal circumstances, but we live in this really kooky world right now where for some reason, um, racism is okay if it's being done to white people and especially white men, then it's encouraged. And it's just, it's, it's disgraceful as a whole, but, um, yeah, the NHL, it's, it's mainly a white demographic that watches it. I've never gone to a hockey game and seen like a group of black women there, too. And I think that was her point too in that soundbite that she starts talking about how we need to, yeah, we've got women here, but we need to, we need to bring in more black women. Like, have you ever been to a hockey game lady? Um, and if you look at her resume, 
there's nothing that indicates that she's ever actually been to an NHL game. So, Man. and that's really not the point. It's about virtue signaling and and to force this this visual into the whole world. The same way they have television marketing, uh, yeah. TV commercials, everything. They, they they got to show this crazy ratio. You know, we we've. we've uh, been doing a series of workshops in in Mexico, and uh, we're going to be going to back to Monterey this weekend. And I I uh, noticed as in the airport, it kind of struck me as funny. I'm walking through, I'm seeing signs, and there's advertisements, and I'm like, oh, all of their commercials are a reflection mostly of the demographics of the area. It's the okay. ratio of the people that yeah. that live there. There's not an additional agenda of gender and racial divide put into every billboard necessarily that you see. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause I'm yeah. used to being here and that they try, that has to be worked into yeah. every single thing. Mm-hmm. That's what gets us Kamala Harris, not the most qualified person, yeah. you know, from the initial uh, uh, candidate pool, which that's is, so true. which is a bummer deal because, and it's not even that, that there aren't incredible African-American women. that would be a great vice president. It's just, you were chosen as that only, mm-hmm. which, which naturally gives you a, an asterisk. If I got hired for a job and they could only take applicants from guys named David, who's white, it do, doesn't mean that I'm necessarily <laughs> not going to be great. But it's just, it's not, it's not the society as a whole. I don't think that serves us or anybody very well. Totally agree. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't. But that's why you have half of the characters that you have at the White House right now, like Jean Pierre. You can't criticize her, or else you're a racist and a homophobe. Yep. I mean, it's the reason why I get the title to do so you can't criticize them. Um, without them being able to link it to some hatred. Because obviously they're not qualified for the job. She doesn't have a, a, a lick of, of anything that would say that she has a communications political background. She just used to be like a talking face. Um, yeah. and, you, and you see her, she stumbles every day and she's falling on her face flat every day. So it's it's the new world we live in, unfortunately, with the people that are running our country. And the so sad true. thing is there's not the celebration uh, by, by Jet Magazine's annual list of most influential Americans that has never had Clarence Thomas, never had Thomas Sowell, never had Ben Carson, you yeah, know, yeah. never had yeah. these people that should be celebrated. And those guys are chastised and, and smushed down and, and, and ostracized and pushed to the edge of, of the, yeah. the cultural uh, argument, which is, which is really sad and of itself because it of the brightest that our country has to offer of, 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 of any race. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. And you see what they're doing to Kanye West now that he's so outspoken, he's coming out there and he's saying, you know, he's saying all these things, uh, you know, you don't have to agree with everything that he says, but come after him and cancel his like contract with companies. And those are those are business agreements. I mean, yeah. he right. should be able to speak freely. And then the business agreements, it, it, unless there was a clause in it, um, then that that I understand. But if you didn't have anything like that or, or laid anything out from the very beginning, then he should be able to speak freely. You don't have to agree with him. Just don't support him. And that's, right. um, that's the best way to go about it instead yeah. of trying to hope for his demise and encourage him and say mean things about his mental health and stuff like that. But that's what they do. I totally agree. Again, you can follow Brianna Morello by going to briannamorello.com or on Twitter, Brianna Morello. You can also watch The Absolute Truth yes. with Emerald Robinson at Frank Speech. So go to Frank Speech and watch The Absolute Do Truth. Do your brain Emerald and your Robinson. soul a favor. That's if you exactly want some, right. If you want some news that's actually going to leave you like encouraged and like clear, that's it. So such great <laughs> interviews. Thank you so much for your time, Brianna. We really appreciate it. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.